0: Tune in to the Neil Prendiville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM.
1: Ah, yes, indeed. It's a headline writer's delight this morning. Um, they talk of uh, the midnight mess on the front and inside pages of the Mirror today. Curfews and booster jabs. They're talking about... Uh, Um, uh all sorts of announcements made by uh, the Taoiseach last night. And he also warned, as the Red Tops are telling us today, that more restrictions are on the way in the run up to Christmas. Now, what those will be? I don't know. The Vintners are uh, uh, very disappointed. Effectively, they say it'll close now, close many late night pubs and and nightclubs. And they only had, was it, uh, 20, three weeks? Three weeks open, certainly in the nightclubs. So, so that's a headline I'm making the mirror today. Home to boost, pun on, home to roost, I suppose. Don't go to the office, leave the pub at midnight, I suppose. You might call that the Cinderella law. Do you have to be out by midnight? Uh, does COVID behave differently after midnight? People are asking. And they're also talking about getting the booster jab and rolling it out and doing this and that and the other. But all of that is talk. Uh, and, and just that, actually. I'll come back to that in a few minutes' time. So you got the bars, clubs and restaurants featuring in all of the papers. Closed by midnight. All customers have to be off the premises by then. Uh, the return to work's been paused. Now everyone is being encouraged to work from home. They're talking about increasing antigen tests. But that's a mess. It's still an absolute mess. Uh, That should have been resolved way before now. Vaccine passes will be needed to go to the theatre. I imagine that will mean Panto will need a vaccine pass, uh, certainly for uh, maybe not the smallies, but certainly everybody else. And you'll also need a a vaccine pass to go to the cinema. But not uh, the hairdresser, the barbers or the gyms. Not yet anyway, which probably will come as a bit of a shock to some, particularly when the Baldy barber was saying yesterday uh, on the air that um, in a walk around town, Uh, last week he saw many people inside in barbershops not masked, neither the customers nor the staff. So the public has a two week deadline they're saying to turn this tide of COVID cases um, because emergency measures uh, so far haven't worked enough uh, and we're in the middle of a a fourth wave so the Mail this morning talk about uh, issues involving that and they also have some Q&As in the papers today saying you know well how bad is this surge well again i'm not scaremongering now. i'm just telling you what it's saying in the newspapers this morning they're quoting stephen donnelly as saying potentially between 200 and 500 people i mean that's a very wide remit is i mean which is it like is it going to be closer to 2 or 500 so somewhere in the middle of that in icu in the coming weeks, and even if you're vaccinated now, there's another change that people mustn't forget that if you're vaccinated and you have a close contact with a with a COVID case within your own household, now this is you got to restrict your movements for five days, and you got to take three antigen tests within that period of time. So John Styles, who's the group general manager, the general manager at uh, at Reardon, says that what this will mean really is that because the culture has changed anyway with regards to socialising over the past couple of years, and then some. But what it means really, he says is that people will just go out earlier. So instead of going into town, say, at 10 p.m., they'll come out at 8 p.m. instead. And he says particularly the 20 to 30-year-old age brackets. Uh, so that's an interesting one from somebody who's uh, at the coal face, if you like. So your thoughts are on the welcome, text 0868-104-106. And while that's happening, of course, the CUH is also announcing in the, exa- in the echo this morning that it may have to cancel some non-urgent procedures because of demand on the services within the CUH. Um, there's the Cork uh, Coroner's Court yesterday. I heard harrowing details um, from um, the father and, indeed, husband of mother of three, Marie Downey. Uh, she died at the age of 36 following a, a sudden epileptic seizure in her room at the Cork University Hospital. She was expected, actually, to be discharged with four, four-day-old Dara uh, The um, that day. Um, when they went into her own room and found her, criti- found her dead and he critically uh, injured under her. And despite the best efforts of medical staff, Dara died the following evening. And, um, it's, it's very, very, very traumatic. Even reading the evidence of Kieran Downey in the papers this morning, he says that, um, uh, he says that uh, she should still be alive and could still be alive if her condition had been properly monitored. And as you heard in the news there, I won't say much about the uh, deaths of John, Johnny, Willie and Paddy Hennessy. Um, from February of uh, this year, the twenty sixth of February, because it was covered in news this morning. But the inquest is underway there into the deaths of the three brothers in Mitchellstown. Uh, it's sixty six year old Willie is believed to. Uh, it's believed that sixty six year old Willie and 60 year old Patty were killed uh, at Johnny's home, and then Johnny was found dead in the ri- by, in the River Function, um, uh, the following day, the guards believe he killed his two brothers with an axe in the farmyard of his home sometime the previous e- evening. And the, um, this morning, the echo is speculating, or at least there is, has been speculation, as to whether the deaths were linked to the sale of cattle. The paper's also uh, online. I don't see this in print this morning, but I did see it last night. A story of an eight-year-old boy who was found wandering alone in pyjamas on the street in the middle of Dublin because his parents were working nights. This was before the courts where the boy's mother... Uh, I can't say any more than the fact that it was the mother who was in court. Uh, she appeared in court on a child neglect charge after the incident. The guard said that they found her son uh, wandering around in shorts and a long-sleeved pyjama, by all accounts. They spoke to the boy, got his address, went there, and they found that there was no appropriate adult uh, present in the home. Uh, they managed to make uh, contact with uh, the mother and her partner, who were working nights, apparently. She was arrested and charged, and a file was sent to the DPP the lad was uh, 8 years old at the time Um, but what also needs to be said is that free legal aid was granted to this uh, woman on her behalf because uh, she's working she earns less than €300 a week but she was paying more than €900 in rent and she's not in receipt of any rent allowance or HAP so I know what, what happened was wrong, very very wrong but I wonder if any time over the recent years has anybody asked her does she need any help Cork City Council, while they're increasing the cost of uh, parking in our public car parks, and I dealt with that at length yesterday morning, they've also cut um, 84 grand off the budget for Cork City Fire Service. Uh, Why? Why would you want to do that and still buy this monstrosity of a thing, these, uh, these uh, robot trees on Patrick Street on Grand Parade, it makes no sense. The Christmas lights are being turned on, apparently they are energy efficient bulbs, so don't, don't worry about that. we got 50 Christmas trees, uh, and we got like 7.5 kilometres of lights, apparently, and the lights are being switched on this week, which is great, so we can officially start talking about the ho-ho-ho seasons. Right, 38 days to Christmas, and the English market Christmas window display is incredible, and they're using the old Hilsers uh, jewellers on the Grand Parade to display all of the wonderful things that you can purchase uh, in the English market. And it's great to see the great Conal Creeton with the Lord Mayor on the inside pages of The Star today as we count down to Christmas. And ahead of that, of course, we've one other hoop to jump through and that's Black Friday. And that's Friday week, the 26th of November. And apparently one and a half billion. Where do people get all of the money? One and a half billion will be spent and splashed out in Black Friday sales this year. Uh, A lot of it, of course, will be non-essential retail, but that's all right, too. you got to splash out. Oh, and listen, when we're talking about splashing things about, apparently four cups of coffee a day keeps dementia away. So I'm on to my second. What about you guys? And if you wondered... I don't know where they'll come up with this research or where they come up with names like this. But um, they have come up with the favorite dog names in this morning's uh, Daily Star. And I don't know whether this relates to any of you guys. Has anybody got a Luna? Has anybody got a Bailey dog? A Bella, Cooper or Teddy? They're the top five apparently. Luna, Bailey, Bella, Cooper or Teddy. I don't see any Jack the dog in there, which is our one. Perhaps yours is in there. Athens is another one. Zeus, Loki and Apollo. My son and his partner are getting a dog and uh, we'll be getting it in the next couple of weeks and the dog's name is Tony. (laughs) Enough said about that, I suppose. And as you heard from Lana there, the uh, fastest thing that the body can do is snap fingers. It's much faster uh, than, in fact, 20 times faster than the blink of an eye. So a lot of money and research was probably spent on that to tell us that the quickest thing we can do is snap fingers. I think maybe that might be open to question though with the speed of which some people speak... Particularly on Lee's side, did they ever? Did they ever measure the speed of a Carconian in full flight? I wonder.
0: The Neil Prendeville Show.
1: Anyway, lines open at one 104 four, one hundred six. You can text 8104 hundred four one hundred six. And with the big changes that we had overnight, there could have been worse. Incidentally, there could have been worse. Um, you know, they could have hammered the uh, the barbers and the hairdressing salons while they were at it, but they left them alone for now. But um, it certainly is a talking point. You know what everybody's asking now: Are we heading towards another lockdown? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe it mightn't be a lockdown. Maybe, maybe it might be one of these things they call a circuit breaker. Who knows? But let's have a listen to what he had to say last night. This is me, O. Martin,
2: the Taoiseach. Our doctors, nurses and care staff are doing an exceptional job in very challenging and difficult circumstances. But obviously, if the number of COVID infections and hospitalizations continues to grow at the rate we are currently seeing, no health system anywhere in the world would be able to cope. The surge that we are now experiencing is a dramatic reminder of what this virus can do and the threat that it continues to represent. We need to act now to deal with this surge. I've always been clear that protecting public health is our first responsibility. I've also been clear that the government will not hesitate to respond to changes in the profile of the disease and that is what we have done today. The range of measures that we have agreed represent, I believe, an appropriate response to the situation we find ourselves in. The vaccination and booster program remain at the core of our response to the disease. Booster shots are currently being administered to those over 60 in the community and those in residential care facilities, the immunocompromised and healthcare workers. Following last night's decision, We will now make arrangements for its rollout to everyone in the country with an underlying condition and to everyone else over the age of 50. The evidence internationally and our own experience with those over 80 who have received a booster is extremely encouraging. Evidence from the United Kingdom and elsewhere shows that the booster not only restores the immunity level achieved by two doses but increases it. However, we have also agreed a series of additional measures that strengthen the non-pharmaceutical protections that are already in place. Firstly, we have paused what was already a phased and cautious return to the workplace, and our advice is now that everyone should work from home unless it is absolutely necessary that they attend in person. Next we have considered what impact the reopening of hospitality has had on the disease. We want hospitality to remain open. And we continue to work with the sectors to ensure that the current rules around COVID passes and other protections are being properly observed. I want to re-emphasize to every business owner and every customer how important this is. When customers are vaccinated, the virus is less likely to spread and is less likely to have a serious impact. Requiring COVID passes is a proportionate and effective public health measure and these rules must be followed. We have also decided that the closing time for all unlicensed premises will be midnight, with all customers having to vacate the premises by that time. The requirement for COVID passes based on vaccination or recovery will now be put on a statutory basis for cinemas and theatres. Many of these are, are already doing this, but the requirement now applies to all. Regardless of vaccination status, all household close contacts of a confirmed case should now restrict movement for five days pending completion of a recommended antigen test. We've expanded the use of antigen testing and we are further increasing their use throughout society.
1: Okay, there's that and lots more besides. That's just a snippet of what he was saying. Like he may, I think he may have said unlicensed premises there, I think, but he obviously meant licensed premises. But to, uh, don't even start talking about antigen because they've had weeks to make a decision on whether they will be free, which they probably won't, but they certainly will be subsidized. But how much will they be and when will they be subsidized and when will people know and have they been in touch with pharmacies and supermarkets and how will you get the subsidy? How will you get a cheaper antigen? We did a survey yesterday saying they're not widely available in spite of what Stephen Donnelly said this morning. He said they're widely available and they are not, particularly if you want to buy boxes. you just got to be lucky in the pharmacy that you visit. In Incidentally, he also said this morning that with regards to pubs and nightclubs and the midnight rule, you know, this kind of a, like the Cinderella clause, if you want to call it. He said that pubs, the vast majority of pubs, he said this is a quote, the vast majority of pubs welcome this. He said that this morning and he fell off nearly choked on the cup of coffee. I wonder if that's the case. Uh, Michael O'Donovan is with the City Vintners, um, uh, chairman of the Vintners. He's has got, got his own pub, The Castle Inn. Michael, good morning. Morning, Neil. Um, that, that's what Stephen Donnelly said. He said the vast majority of pubs welcomed this decision. Is he right? Uh, I find
3: that hard to believe, to be honest, Neil, even though we did do a lot of Zoom calls here around Cork, uh, City and County last weekend. I think there was
1: anticipation... Did you just move around there, Michael? I, for some reason, the line just dropped off on us. Um,
3: look, last weekend, we did a lot of Zoom calls here around Cork, City and County with the members and I think there was an expectation that something was going to give um, but do we welcome it? Absolutely not, because, uh, look, it's, it's costing us business, to be to be honest. But look, we do appreciate that uh, public health is the most important thing. And look, if this works, it, OK, great. But if it doesn't work, you know, um, where do we go from here is the big question. Because we were told back in August that, uh, you know, we were waiting, we were waiting, and um, that we'd open up and, you know, that the vaccines were the, the way forward. And now it seems we're... Kind
1: of going backwards a bit no fully vaccinated people fit and healthy people without underlying conditions who've been double jabbed are being uh, are getting very sick um, I, we all we all know of people who have been uh, through covid double vaxxed and and said to be reasonably fit uh, but this decision means that nightclubs won't open at all now they'll just they'll just close their doors won't they? they can't open and and late pubs as well the traditional pub can just carry on but the others really just they're the ones that are going to be badly hit, particularly nightclubs, right?
3: Yeah, it is. Like, uh, Look, it, it has a knock-on effect on everybody, Neil. You know, yes, the late-night entertainment uh, uh, sector, they're basically wiped out with this. Um, there's no two ways about it, you know. And for our colleagues in the entertainment industry, it's, it's a huge blow for them because they were just back. You know, the late-night venues only opened on the 22nd of October, so just over three weeks ago they opened and now they're effectively being closed again. And, um, but for the entertainers, it's, it's a huge though. And also taxi drivers, you know, a huge, uh, concern for them as well because, you know, when everybody closes together at 12 o'clock, they'll only get one or two fares. So we'll see a lot less taxi drivers probably on the road because they'll go to other jobs. Um, to, to find financial...
1: Can I just ask you about PUP um, because it's, it reduced this week those that were on 300 are on 250 those that were on um, 250 go to 203 and they switch to unemployment benefit um, where are we at with PUP and people in hospitality say for instance people that were, were working in nightclubs that are now technically unemployed or somebody who is employed in a late bar who, who now is either unemployed or has reduced hours how's that going to work?
3: Yeah, from our understanding is they they look, we were told that they that they couldn't re-sign on the pop. But if people are laid off now, the government are going to have to do something for this. Um, and look, we're hoping that they will reinstate the pop for those that will be uh, unfortunately will lose their jobs now and run up. But haven't they said they won't
1: reintroduce pop even in spite of these measures?
3: Yeah, that's what they have said. But look, uh, we're look obviously we're going to be trying to. We're calling on them to reintroduce it. And also for those, you know, know, the EWSS in two weeks' time um, starts the first phase of its phasing out. And we're calling on the government to to pause that and maintain it at its current standards. Because if a business, all businesses at the moment being curtailed with their trading hours, their capacity, um, you know, it's really hard then to take back uh, people fully onto the books. Um, and pay them, so we're calling on them to maintain the EWSS in its current form as well, uh, until we trade out of it.
1: Because they can't say that they can continue with some sections of opening up society, while closing down others I mean, it was fine to be talking about getting rid of the grants, and getting rid of and reducing and abolishing POP, but that was when we were in a much better place, right? So they need to look at that again.
3: Yeah, look, look Neil, we're heading to Christmas, it's a time, you know, the year that's supposed to be happy for everybody in our industry, it's definitely not happy today because, you know, lots of staff are really concerned for their jobs and, you know, looking at how they're going to get by Christmas. So they have to step back in and, and look after the people because, look, it's, it's not their you know, fault that this is happening. So the government really needs to step up now and, and do this.
1: Um, John Stiles this morning he's in the Echo he's the, the GM at at Reardon's he says that all this will mean is that people who it will affect the late pubs and the nightclubs say predominantly the 20-somethings and 30-somethings they'll just come out earlier you know instead of going out at 10 they'll come out at 8
3: yeah that, that's a possibility that they, they will do that but you know, I suppose the mixed messaging from, you know, the Minister for Health, Mr Donnelly, and I suppose the CMO over the last 10 days asking people not to socialise. You know, uh, John is right, you know, the under-30s, I think, don't really pay heed to those messages, but the over-30s really do take heed to that message. And we've seen it with the last two weeks, uh, you know, business across the city and county has really been uh, has really been affected by that messaging. But I'm
1: thinking if pubs, if pubs are, if people are going to come out earlier... Um, doesn't mean there's going to be more pressure on pubs then and bars and and restaurants to an extent, things like that, takeaways, taxis.
3: Yeah, look, it it it, it, it will be, hoped you know, uh, be, I suppose a bit of pressure on it, but we're, we're also operating at reduced capacity, so you know, people have to be conscious of that, and we we've seen people they're they're organising their nights out, you know, the last number of weeks, you know, they're booking their uh, where they're going. And um, they're staying there, and you know especially when people get into some place at seven eight o'clock they're they're tending to stay there until until they're going home they're, they're you know before people would move around from one bar to another, that doesn't seem to be happening at the moment
1: will will the consequence of this also be that we will see a return of house parties, do you think if pubs are closing earlier?
3: Yeah, it's, I, I think it's inevitable, Neil. You know, like uh, people going home now at 12 o'clock, um, uh, they'll go to a house party. I suppose the science behind it is there's probably fewer people who go to a house party than be in a pub. But I don't know, it's probably a more controlled environment maybe to be in a pub, I would say. But yeah, look, it's inevitable. I think that, that house parties will increase again when it's uh, midnight closing.
1: And you don't think that maybe the pubs are somewhat responsive themselves, with all due respect. I know that we... Kind of disagreed on the figures last week when I chatted with you with regards to the amounts of pubs that weren't asking for ID, that weren't asking for COVID certs and weren't scanning QR codes that maybe you have to accept some responsibility for this, your industry.
3: Yeah, look, there's some out there, unfortunately, that aren't doing it. But look, what we have seen, Neil, even from the you know the HSE and the HSA research is the vast, vast majority are doing it. And um, uh, checking the certs and asking for the ID and taking the contact tracing. But unfortunately, there is a small few that aren't doing it. And if we've been constant in saying it, we want to see more checks by the HSE. We want to see more checks across our industry. And that would keep everybody
1: honest in doing it. Mm. Have you ever had anybody coming in checking certs? Yes, I have. Yeah. I've been checked a few times. Yeah, so clearly they are then, aren't they? They,
3: they are on the ground, but look, we'd like to see more.
1: Okay. Okay. All right. Listen. Uh, we might update again if uh, anything else develops. But uh, let you go for now. Thanks, Michael. Appreciate you taking the call as always. Michael O'Donovan with the City Venters and the owner of the Castle Inn. Patrick. Good morning. Hang on. A, let me just come out together here and get him into line two. Patrick. Thanks for holding. Appreciate you taking the call. You just wanted to pick up on um, on on socializing and late night activities on Lee side. Is that it?
4: Yeah, yeah, Neil, uh, good morning. Morning. Um, it, 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 like socialising back to the 2019 levels, and I'm, I'm delighted myself. But that leads to other problems. Like over the last uh, last weekend, uh, every cell in the city was full, so I had to go to West Cork and Ardkirk. Every know.
1: cell uh, in the city. So yeah. what? What are you, are you talking about? Anglesey Street, Groner Braher. W- w- well, well, there's no cells in Anglesey okay, Street. Okay, so it's, tell uh, me, tell me uh, where uh, they are then, because I don't, I don't so know. I know there are in Ballincolit. So,
4: yeah. Yeah. So, so the, the main ones would be the Bridewell, Bridewell. Um, uh uh Braher, and Mayfield. OK, sorry, oh, thank you for that. The, yes, uh, the, but the, 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 because we're back to that level, it, it was a common thing, 2019, 2018, you, you have your normal in the middle criminal uh, things that people be held for, for court and things like that. But also as well, you have your drink drivers and then you have the public order issues, which kind of disappeared when pubs were closing uh, at, at 12 o'clock. But you're, as Michael was saying a few minutes ago, there you're just going to push people to house parties, and then it's policing that where you're in a more controlled environment in, an, in, in a bar, which 99.9 percent of places actually have done really well, really, really well. Yeah. But it, 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 you're 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 pushing it out to to the emergency services to then deal with that on on the streets, like it was back. This time last year, we were in level five, and we, there was crazy parties. No, it was the summer. there was crazy parties out, outside and in houses, and you're you're then sending a, a patrol car out to uh, deal with that, and then possibilities of that uh, the, them two members of the garage. Yeah,
1: but they, but they weren't but they weren't <coughs> arresting anybody at the at the um, at the house parties. But you're saying that that you said that last weekend the the cells in. The Brightwell, Granborough, and Mayfield were full before midnight, and that. And yeah. then, then when they, when they're full, what do they do then?
4: So they, they go they go to to neighbouring so Northcork
1: or, or Northcork stations normally, like Mallow or Cove or Middleton. Is it? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I've, it, like it was, clearly, clearly, we, we'll never know who was in those cells, but how many no, of that was know. how many of that was down to. Drunken, disorderly in the city centre. You know, it, it,
4: it, it would be a very busy. Uh, it, 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 again, as I said, twenty nineteen levels um, of public order, which happens in every in Dublin and Limerick, everywhere. You know, but 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 it's it, it, it's pushing the, the virus back into hidden parties and pushing it into non-control environments. But then what, what's what's happening? And when um, there was a. Uh, an article put out uh, on the journal.ie about Garda gar- uh, hall reduction time um, which was at 20% n- now brought down to the, the way it was during the level 5 lockdown to 5% mm. I- is showing that there's going to be issues with Garda units getting COVID and even you can be protected all you want, but when you're wrestling with someone uh, or or dealing with someone, you don't know what you're going into. But, you know?
1: Yeah, but uh, what what effect then would would midnight have, say, on 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 cells and police stations and and guardy on the street? Does this mean that they'll be busier or quieter? I I I, I, I think it's going to be busier.
4: Like like there was there was, a, there was a, an overtime uh, public order unit uh, during the level five lockdowns in Cork, Um it was fairly visible. Um, in around the city, but it, it really sh- it, it, it it really shows the, the 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 amount of calls that come in for house parties, people complaining about house parties, and what laws are there now to say that I can go into your house uh, without any impunity. Before you you'd have a legal requirement not to be in the house, mm-hmm. so so you could find people for that. So w- are we just pushing the problem out? And as you said uh, earlier as well about a circuit breaker,
1: is that what we needed? I don't know. Mm, mm. Well, I no. mean, yeah, they, they, you know, they, they've ruled nothing out. Um, I don't think yeah. they've, they've even started to mention, say, for instance, putting in distance restrictions from home. Do you remember all of that stuff that we had, the two yeah. kilometers and the yeah. five kilometers and what have you? Uh, but, you but, but socializing must be well back then as to you know, pre-pandemic, if yeah. the city cells are full before midnight last weekend. And, and you can yeah. stand over that. You have you yeah, have evidence to, yeah. to prove that.
5: Yeah, yeah,
1: I do. I do. Yeah. I do. Okay. All right. Um, but
4: but, but, it, 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 but it's a great thing that socializing impact,
1: but I think we just have to Go back again and back to the drawing boards, maybe. All right, my man. Thank you for that. Text 0868104106. Thanks, Patrick. Back after the break.
0: The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at NeilRedFM. Somebody
1: suggesting that the T-Shirt is nothing more than a dictator who seems to love the staircase, the flags, and the red carpet. What's it all about? Interestingly, um, let me just develop that point a little. One of the red tops this morning says that Mihaw Martin is all just pretty much teetotal himself. I don't know whether he is. Mihaw Martin, I knew. Did have a pint, but they're suggesting he's pretty much teetotal, which begs the question, you know, with regards to the politicians that we have running the country, by and large, they're far from 20-somethings or far from 30-somethings. And somebody was saying to me this morning that they're more likely to be sitting at home on a Friday or a Saturday night watching the Late Late with a mug of tea and a hobnob biscuit rather than what 20-somethings and 30-somethings do, and that is go out and socialise. Um, couple of texts on that, incidentally. Uh, so, COVID can tell the time now, can it? We thought we fooled it by putting the clocks back, didn't we? Uh, closing early will mean a return to house parties and no checks, says Frank. And then, if you did want to get a PCR test, God help you. We were talking to a chap yesterday uh, on the north side who would have to travel to Dunman... No, sorry, North Cork. He'd have to travel from North Cork to Dunmanway, I believe it was, uh, to get a COVID PCR test for himself and his family, which is a two and a half journey down there and a two and a half journey back. Uh, I do feel sorry for the man that has to go two and a half hours for a COVID PCR test with his kids, uh, but pity about people from the city having to go to Dunmanway. Things are always on their doorstep. Step for people in the city, you see. So no, no harm for a change to have to go to the country. There are people in their late 60s that live in the countryside, maybe up to an hour or so or further from the city to have to regularly go to the city or park quee for their vaccines. And they don't have public transport on their doorstep. Get over it, you city people. Not everything has to be on your doorstep. And then lots on um, antigen tests. I went to Patrick Street's Pandora shop on Saturday last. I parked in Paul Street uh, just to get one item. I was gone for 35 minutes and it cost me €2.70. Never again. A total disgrace. Uh, another one I've been trying to book, and that's going to be even dearer now because they're putting the prices up. Uh, I've been trying to get a COVID test for the past couple of days and they're totally booked up. I've even tried Don Manway. I would imagine the actual COVID numbers are much higher than they announce every night, says Dawn in Douglas. My head is wrecked. My partner's nearly five months pregnant and we don't know if we should get vaccinated or wait. What do your listeners think? Well, guys, what do you think? Should a five month pregnant woman get vaccinated or not? And a final one for now. Two weeks to flatten the curve, they're saying. Once the old and vulnerable are vaccinated, we would open up, they said. Uh, Vaccine passports were temporary, yet restrictions are to be extended. Two jabs have now turned into three. When are we going to lift all restrictions and learn to live with this virus? Why can't antigen testing be used for entry to pubs and nightclubs? The government, and definitely Neffet, have been wrong with every single forecast. Another one here, you're right, I have buddies double jabbed and they have COVID and they can't move so much for the vaccine and the promise of the vaccine, don't you think? Back to the phone lines we go. Richard, good morning.
6: Yes, good morning. Okay, just
1: back you? to some conversations on the city yesterday. And we all know of the public car park prices going up by 50 cent an hour and 70 cent in some places. Go ahead. What's on your mind?
6: Well, basically, it's exactly that. No, people think it's just a car park. It's nothing else. Don't worry about it. Who cares? It's only, it's only a car park. There's more to it than that. They put up the prices of the car parks, uh, which, by the way, North Main Street Car Park is filthy, but that's another day's work. But they put up the price of that. They've uh, cut the fire brigade by 84,000 euros. They've cut that. They've stated on 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 the daily newspaper, which I've read, that there will be no money allocated for footpaths, roads, or housing maintenance. Right? Yeah. So, in other words, there's constantly in price increases, constant increases, but absolutely nothing for the money that you're paying, no matter what property tax you pay, LPT, no whatever taxes you pay. It appears there is no money to do anything. So, my question is: if the prices are going up to make money, but they say they can't spend it because they have no money, where the hell is it going? Because if you look at the bus to go into town, it's too far to to go in, too far to come back. If there's two of you there, yourself and yourself, that's nine euro sixty. The, every other country in Europe has subsidised public transport. The Greens wants us to get on the damn buses and trains, but the cost of them is prohibitive. I know they're increasing the the uh, the
1: uh, car park. So if I got on a bus in Douglas to Patrick Street, would it cost me two forty? Yes. Would it really that much? And go back. Would it? So if two people yes. did it, it'd be cheaper getting a taxi. It's nine sixty to, to get a bus for two V. And if you go into town then and you stay an hour and one minute, for instance, in a public authority car park, that could cost you 540
6: It'll cost you more now because of the increase. Yeah. Because uh, it depends on the car park you go into, this private and this public. Yeah. You understand me?
1: Yeah. So I wonder how the business community in the city feel about that.
6: You see, they want us to go into town to shop, OK? But they're making it impossible for anyone to do so. The cost is prohibitive, the money you could have saved on the expensive buses and car parks, you could have a cup of coffee or sandwich or whatever and roam around and go home. Now you're racing into what you have to do. You're on the clock. Get out fast. Yeah. Because it's, the, cost, the cost is going up and you're watching your watch, you're watching your mobile, you're saying, shit, the, yeah. the, the, the car park is going to cost you another five euro. They're killing it. I mean, from my personal opinion, it's the only way we have no voice. I don't want to ring your station. That's being straight about it. <laughs> but there's no point going to councillors because they have no power whatsoever, apart from increasing items.
1: But be very careful with regards to your... Part of your text said that people should refuse to go into the city. You, 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 Absolutely. You, I mean, be careful about asking people to boycott businesses. I, if I, I look,
6: I sympathize with the businesses. I would be one of those who are friends with certain people who are businesses... But we have to fight back somehow. There's no point going to a council. There's no point r- r- going to, right into the echo. There's no point ringing a local station because the councils and the TV's and the government's the whole lot couldn't give a monkeys and they're not interested. To say I don't mind the idiot, he'll, he'll blow will hot air and he'll be gone. We have to find some way to fight back. And I'm not talking about rallies. I'm not talking about protest matches because they don't get, get you anywhere either. Just don't shop there. Stay in the suburb if you live there and shop there. And if they're not making any money, the corporation and the so-called fathers of the city, mm. city fathers, will have to say, uh-oh, I think we made a mistake here. We've got to reverse this or do something about it.
1: But why would they want to reverse it? They're not opening businesses in the morning. They're not no, putting up the if shutters. They don't and
6: go- get, if, they don't, if the business are making money, they don't get the proper retail value tax-wise at the corporation. But they've, has.
1: Never, they've never done or cared when businesses closed in the city in the past and we you see
6: you have just answered exactly half the past that's matter I just discussed they don't care period yeah
1: yeah. so I'm just saying period I'm just saying you know be, be <laughs> careful about suggesting that people should boycott city businesses because that will only have one thing one effect closures and job losses
6: yeah well, that, well yeah but they shop elsewhere it means those, those businesses will improve will expand and will take on more staff
1: yeah but then you'll have more of a wasteland in the city won't you
6: it's already almost a wasteland going to town most nights and you have to watch where you're going in case you get attacked
1: yeah it's a different world at night now. it's this completely
6: different it is scenario. dangerous boy I wouldn't go into the city anymore we go during the day get out of it because it's, it's just too dangerous uh, someone I know very well went into town <coughs> they were here for a couple of days and they went into town and the first thing they saw was a punch up in the, in the city centre D- two,
1: yeah two does years anybody years. use the park and ride isn't that like a fiver for the whole day is, is that popular?
6: It is not popular, it is not popular for the simple reason is that you're parking a your car there, you're getting a bus from in there into town, and then you have to go and get the bus to get you back to the car park. And people don't like there.
1: that, no? No, they don't. No, it's too messy? It's too messy. They'll just go to Mountain Point?
6: Yeah, if the, car, if, the, if the parking ride was close to town, it would obviously may possibly be better, but are, they're, they're, they're too far out. People, people don't want to do that, they want to drive into a car park, do what they have to do, shop around, blah blah, enjoy themselves. Get in
1: the car park, go on. All right, my man. Okay. All right. Let's get some more thoughts and comments on that, Richard. Thank you so much. Text O eight six eight one oh four one oh six. Meanwhile, it was a Merchants Key car park last Friday. I was there forty five minutes. I paid three Euro twenty. Three euro twenty. Um that would be private, wouldn't it, though? Merchants Key um, car park as opposed to the publicly owned and publicly run ones. But that was three twenty. Is it three twenty an hour? Crikey so if you were there an hour and one minute you'd be looking at 6:40. Lines open text 0868104106 back after the break.
0: This is the Neil Prendeville show. Tweet the show at Neil Red FM. 104 to 106 Red FM. Back to calls in a second, but
1: just on a lighter note, for fear that I forget, I want to say good morning and play a very special request for Ronan Kennedy, who celebrates his 64th birthday today, works in Diana Mahoney's Jewelers on Winthrop Street, and is a constant listener to this program. So good morning to you, and happy birthday, Ronan. Please wish him a great day, and best wishes from his pal who sat beside him in Crab Lane Primary School all those years ago. So happy to pass that on, Uh, and happy birthday for today, Ronan, 64 years years young, have a great day today. I know they'll spoil you rotten, and that's happy. Um, listen, a little later this morning, uh, I will chat with Ernest Horgan, the dad of the late Jimmy Horgan, um, and it's just such a tragic story. It really and truly is, because this week, as in yesterday, uh, is uh, Jimmy Horgan's 14th birthday, but he's not with his family to celebrate it, and today is the first anniversary of his death, it was one year ago today uh, that he he passed away. He um, he was crossing the road uh, to uh, get an item of sports gear, apparently um, by Shear Street. He was he's a prez boy. He was in first year press, um, and uh, he he lost his life in a tragic accident. And uh, I'll come back to that after ten o'clock. Um, to this morning, there's a torch-lit walk tonight in memory of uh, the lovely little man himself, Jimmy Horgan. Um, outside Leroying Club and they also have an, uh, an I donate trying to raise as much money as they can for the Mercy University Hospital so more on that in conversation with Ernest Horgan his dad uh, a little later this morning uh, lines open for all of the business on 1-850-104-106 um, and let's get back to the phone lines and just uh, check in with people Michael good morning Good morning, Neil okay, so that I, I, okay, so I know we're back to the city and and parking charges, and that yeah. it 's not an inviting place to be that it 's unsafe and you 'd stay out of there at night and even during the day uh, it 's not a very pleasant experience for many. What are you? What are you suggesting with regards to the suburbs, though? Now, first of all, I missed your program yesterday. It was way number one, Neil. Oh, I was given out there. the cost increases at the yeah. public car parks, which I'm just a silly. matter of interest. How much is it? I'll dig them out again for you. Don't have them to hand, but can I just say that anything that you would have been paying in a public authority car park would be fifty cent, at least fifty cent an hour more. And say, for instance, on street parking will go yeah. from two euro to two fifty. Yeah, so that's okay. that's the general rule of thumb right?
7: Now, my point is you just mentioned there a while ago about the cut back to the fire services, right? Which is absolutely fucking daft.
1: 84 grand, yeah. Why bother? Like, what's the point?
7: Yeah. Now, if they're looking for money. You've got shopping centres 360 degrees at a compass, from Wilton to Mayfield, from Blackpool to Douglas, right? My point, Neil, is that there should be a charge going into these places. Okay? And the review that <laughs> they'll get from them will be substantial, If if they're charged a euro to go in, there's nobody going to object. But the the money that they'll get from them will be substantial to finance uh, things such as the fire service that they're cutting back on. They're
1: private car parks.
7: But the corporation and the council are providing roadways, they're providing water. They're providing. They're providing all facilities. And there again, God forbid, if there was a disaster, if but there was a fire, for, like we had in Douglas, don't forget, like we had in Douglas, the fire service have got to go out and look after these things. Yeah, but they but pay might-
1: for those in their taxes, and they pay for those in their rates, and they pay for those in, in, in all other charges. That they have to open their business. They pay for rent-
7: of course. Yeah, you know, they do, and should uh, certainly do all the shops inside
1: in town. Ah, but you couldn't—you couldn't have city council charging people who have private property, um, you know, or private car parks. You mean the open ones, say in Douglas Court, for instance? Yeah. And the multi-stories. Yeah. This should, of course,
7: yeah. Uh, that's my point. They're looking for money. Uh, people use these car parks; they're great. They're, there's a great facility. But my point to you is, they're looking for money. The screwing the city, the city is, the amount of car parking spaces that have been lost in the city yeah. in the last 12 months is yeah. substantial. I'd love you to get a figure on it. Well, honest.
1: I'd say you lost a lot of them to, to cycle lanes and what have you. Of course, massively, yeah. But the thing is that if they're looking for money, don't double, don't put
7: extra charges onto the city parking, use the shopping centres, that's my point.
1: And do um, you think that they'd even agree to that, say Douglas Court or Douglas Village, the multi-storey or Wilton? Um, The the, the direct answer to you is no,
7: but I hope they would when they see the the, the bigger picture.
1: You know another thing that they never did, and I think that they should have done it a long time ago, and they should have put kind of like a maybe um, a bed tax or a tourist tax on every hotel room and every hotel bed in the city, even if it were an extra euro or two euro on the cost of the room. They do that in cities all over the world, and they'd bring in substantial money over the course of a year doing that, wouldn't they? Oh, I don't know. I won't. I won't go down that road, would you know. But the one thing I was concerned about is that the um, the, the
7: the massive amount of cars that use car parker car parks right. around the city that should be paying a, at least a euro.
1: Okay, all right. Let's see yeah, if anybody yeah. thinks that Thanks. might fly. Thanks, Michael. Get Douglas Village Shopping Centre. Get uh, Douglas Court. Get Wilton. Get Ballyvalan, Get all of them um, to impose a charge on their car parks of a euro per car. And give it to City Council. Text 0868-104-106. Pamela, good morning. Morning. How are you? I'm good. I don't have much time, so go ahead. I may come back to you after 10. What did you see?
8: I well, I parked in the are you not know, say where it is where
1: yeah it yeah yeah if the, you saw it and I have yeah. the pictures yeah you're grand
8: ok it's the Grand Parade car park I parked in there the one that that would take you you can come out the entrance there the lane right there by uh, Casey's that's furniture. right you cube, that's, about, that's
1: okay. the Q park yeah yeah, so yeah, it's yeah the ok
8: so I was heading I was sitting for on the man and I took the side street down there where the old side tracks was can't think of the new bar that's down there now so just there is the photograph it's called I Conway's Lane there. is it the correct, that's it, that's yeah. the one. Um, and I saw, I sent the photographs there. That I saw, so there was um, needles, um, uh, used needles, um, uh, the white fletchets that they they're using, covered in blood. There was. Um, toilets, there was plastic bags used condoms, unused condoms oh, was, I sent the photographs to you there It You're looks, to, it
1: looks to me the worst I have ever seen by virtue yeah, I, I, of the know, fact that numerous so people think, must have been shooting up together
8: Numerous and the only reason I took those photographs is I have a young child and a young son and I just wanted to show him that's what's in the city and that's what you need to be careful for and for other reasons, to show the people. But the charge of the car park was 3 euros 10 and I was 17 minutes. 3 euros 10 for 17 minutes. And the reason I used that car park is I couldn't find a space. This was 3.30 on Thursday couldn't find a space in the car barn the city is is, is disgrace the council of an unmerciful lot of questions stands for they do nothing to help the business people their shops closed down everywhere they want people to go into the city okay the traffic is a nightmare they there was supposed to be that they ruled that there was no cars allowed on Patrick Street and certain hours that never happened yeah. they continued on to use it that was number one number two it if bus area, yes, they put on a lot of buses, but their buses are stuck in traffic. There's people waiting. There isn't enough um, because of the COVID. The work isn't there for the taxi drivers. I'm one of them. So I know what I'm talking about. It's a fact. The work isn't there because the businesses aren't allowed to open, uh, have people back in business. They're all working from home, um, and then they want people to go into the city to go in to see that.
1: Yeah, it's the worst of it. It's unbelievable the amount of it. It's everywhere. There's numerous, there's numerous syringes and numerous needles and hypodermics.
8: It's a disgrace. We have a Kelly Toby government, and there's not, there's not a man between the lot of them that's running this country. If you could bring back the old ones even I know no, you could I'd be killed terribly early you and all of those ones I know they stole and they don't stand but they kept the country not just our the city they kept, they kept the country on its toes and it's, it's those type of people you need I mean and Martin what has he done for his own system? okay hold on to that thought
1: I'll pick it up after 10 with you because otherwise I'll run way over but I will pick it up after 10 so hold on there text 0868104106 I'm Rory and I'm Valerie and you can join us for the
5: very best in local national and international sport every weekend on the Big Red Bench
0: that's the Big Red Bench every Saturday and Sunday from 6 on Cork's Red FM get it off your chest Text the Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. This
1: week uh, is the, actually, tomorrow is the date. The 18th day of November 1971 was the day and the date and the year the Douglas Village Shopping Center first opened. And it's in the heart of the village now for 50 years. And we have fabulous prizes this week to give away on a daily basis. Not just one, but two vouchers, two gift cards that could be spent in Douglas Village Shopping Centre, two of them, they're worth €200 each. So, you know, being uh, the 50th anniversary, we're doing trivia from the 1970s, and every year we have a different year from that decade. So, two callers, 10 and 11, working together to identify the song, the movie, the event of the year, and the year itself. What year are we talking about from the 1970s? So, just... Hold on there, don't call. i played this a few times between now and a quarter to midday. So you're looking for the song, the movie, the event, and the year. What are
9: we saying to each other?
1: Uh-huh. Seems they're trying to teach us a basic tonal vocabulary. It's the first day of school, fella.
0: His road manager tried to revive
2: him, he failed is Dr. Pronounced in bed at 3 o'clock this afternoon.
1: Okay, that was the event, the last piece. Right in the middle there was the song. It started with the movie and we need all that and the year itself. All right, so do a bit of research on that, guys. Play it a couple of times for now and a quarter to midday. Two gift cards worth 200 euro each. Two winners for Douglas Village Shopping Centre. If that wasn't enough for you, if you know your Northside, then GranaBroho Credit Union have cash to give away—five uh, grands worth across the station this week and next week. And I have two hundred euro again this morning to give away, and that will have to do with uh, Northside trivia. So more on that a little later on this morning. Lines open at one 104 four, one hundred six. I ran out of time there just before ten, chatting with Pamela. And I just want to finish on the call because I cut her short just before ten. Pamela, yes. Please. I know, I know, I've said it before, but the photographs that you sent from down the lane off Oliver Plunkett Street, the worst I've ever seen, and it's clearly all heroin-related. Um, so on, the, on that basis alone, really, if the heroin issues were cleared up in the city and, say, we had an injection centre where they could go and safely shoot up indoors, would the city be fine then?
8: No, I wouldn't think so. No, I wouldn't think so. I, I mean, I would agree for them to have a safe place to go and shoot up, and it would take some off the street. Now, do you know what, what's wrong? What are problem. problems? We don't have the police, the police. Everything or anything at this stage. I'm not just talking about the, the law police. I'm on about policing the certificates going into the um, the bars. We don't have it policing the enough people that double park in the city and block up car spaces for anybody We don't have we don't have the staff to police that. So who does that go back to? It goes back to the government.
1: But there are loads of parking wardens though. I mean any time in the city I see them walking around. And, and in fairness to them, I'm being and told the in
8: the first being... being... just like the the park on the park ones, they're only the that That's mass enough, and then they push cycle lanes and took off all the sp- all the spaces. The whole through the whole city took up an awful lot of car spaces. I'm in, I'm in there every day, and I know what I know what I'm saying. I'm speaking, talking with a the fact. They took up all these spaces. We're not trying that. People aren't going around in bikes in China. So fell above from the door in, in the Green Party decided, oh, let's all get out our bikes. And they put bike lanes all over the city and took up all these places. Our city is a small... Ah,
1: but you do see people on bikes. I mean, it maybe not in the middle ah, of winter you as don't much.
8: See, you do see thousands of people on bikes. No, you see thousands of people in cars, not thousands of people on bikes. How many bikes is going through the city a day? What? Two three hundred bikes a day and I would be pushing it out. And you've all these lanes taken out. I'm not I'm not against people cycling bikes. Off you go, that's a great thing. But you there were too many spaces taken out. Even the buses can't get over the lanes. And the buses are providing a service. So,
1: what, what is? So okay, we've got all of those issues. Too many and cycle anyway, lanes, not enough parking, the price of multi-stories, and drug, yes, anyone, drug the use. The government
8: that we have, are they the worst government that ever ran this country because all they're doing is they're running into the ground. Right. They're forgetting the workers, the people that work and pay taxes. It, there's, there's not a letter left in the office that there's not a tax attached to. LPT, USC, Road Tax, Veterans tax, you name it, it's everyone wrong. That's all they're interested in. Take, 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 and they give nothing back to the people in the city. I see the people in the city opening their doors each and every morning, t- hoping to make business, doing their best to keep their shops clean, get their staff in, and the council do nothing to help them. Why don't the council give them a rebate? Give them money to paint up their buildings? Cut down on the rent for a few years for people to open shops. I have friends that so would... So the do council don't open.
10: control the
1: rents of private business, of private the buildings?
8: Government, um, the government, I'm saying, would they just stand in, in, in instead of handing out money to people that, that don't deserve it, that never got out of bed a day in their life to go to work and give it to the people that get out of bed? and go to work with the hope of making business. There's a lot, a lot of things wrong in this, in this okay, country, all right. in our own city. Let me get some we more... Ta- old men, I'm sure you agree with me. Sullivan, Joe O'Sullivan, John Denny, T- uh, Dino Cregan, they're women. We have none of them in our government.
1: No you know? men in none government. No real men. What about women? What about, I mean, what about women. more women in government? It's Wouldn't it's they have a what what lot more cop on? Are there, it's enough, it's are there enough women running the country?
8: There's not enough if, if, they, if they just bear back with the cost of putting our children into crushes. We, we, we might be in a, in a position to well, do very that true. type of
1: work. That's very true. All right. Thanks, Pamela. As always, do stay in touch. Appreciate the calls, texts and comments from yesterday's program. A lot of texts to 0868104106, mm-hmm. particularly with people on waiting lists and people reacting. One conversation with a family who are living on Boyce Street on a 3rd flat flat. They should not be in that building. They're the last to be still in there. And then, of course, issues up in the Mayfield area with with tenants frozen with the cold. I'll have some updates on that. But quite an amount of texts. And not all of them, not all of them in agreement are happy clappy texts from yesterday's program. Here's a selection. Beggars can't be choosers. I think that's an awful thing to say to somebody. I mean, even use the term beggars can't be choosers. I commute three hours per day to work because I bought somewhere that I could buy for myself. If people are happy, aren't happy, they should go house themselves instead. Morning, half a Cork in the same situation as worse, same situation as your callers on air. I have no sympathy for them. My sister and her three kids are on 11 years on a waiting list staying in a disgusting house that she's renting waiting to get a house and it really is causing her to be depressed while everyone around her is getting housed 11 years with two kids on a waiting list. I feel bad for your lady on the air however, this has and always will be a sore point for people i have a mortgage and young children and i work full time in order to maintain that we can all end up in that situation and i hope that those needing housing do get help however there are many given houses when they could actually be working instead to be on a list 12 years is a joke use the time to save a deposit to upskill a list shouldn't be a means to just wait it out uh, my family lived in Boyce Street for years. In that, fla- uh, in that flat uh, was burnt down uh, after we left. I think it was squatters moved and burnt it down. The place is an absolute disgrace. The flat is empty and still in the same burnt out condition with no roof. And that was more than 10 years ago. It's probably in that condition, actually, because uh, they either are planning or should be demolishing it. Uh, I've been working for 35 years. I could never afford to buy my own home. I got married five years ago at the age of 45. I'm now 50. My husband's 57. We're currently renting in Cork City. Uh, We can afford to pay a mortgage, but the banks won't approve a mortgage over 15 years because of our age. So we can't buy a house. We will never own a home. And because we have no children, we also will not get a council house as we both work. There are a hundred people in our situation. What happens to us and others in the same situation when we reach retirement age? We won't be able to afford rent and won't have a house. We'll become homeless in our 70s. Nobody's done any studies about this, but it's going to be a big problem in a few years. People who have a roof over their heads should be so grateful. If your caller lived in any other country in the world, she would have to work and rent or buy her own house. We can't all sit at home waiting for the council to give us houses. What about the hard-working people in this country? We can't continue to pay higher taxes to give houses to people who never want to work. I can't come on air busy working to pay for my own mortgage. And just one or two more. Isn't she lucky to have at home at all? I know so many people who are way worse off than her. My daughter is paying €1,300 euro a month and has no way of getting out of her situation People should be glad to have a place with low rent, full stops, says Marie in Clon. Um, it's ridiculous to expect the council to house you, says another texter, short and sweet. And that's just a selection. There are lots more like that, which I'll come back to throughout the course of the morning. Back after the... Oh, just ahead of the break, can I say... I Can I just acknowledge um this wreck that was caused up in Dublin Hill yesterday? Um Thank you. I've got the videos were sent to me. And I've also got texts on it. I hope to deal with the story a little later on. Here is an example. Loads of drama up here again in Dublin Hill. The residents in Thorndale living in complete fear as a feud between families boiled over yesterday. Two houses in Thorndale were destroyed. Men armed with weapons smashed up a house and the vehicles outside it. Also not too far away. Um, Gardie refused to say anything even though there was a huge guard of presence in the area. And can I tell you, it wasn't during the night. It was at 12 o'clock yesterday lunchtime and again at 5 o'clock yesterday evening when the kids were out playing. We shouldn't have to put up with this here. We're living in absolute fear. And there seems to be no end to this feuding. If anybody wants to share anything on that, and I won't give out your personal email, you can Ard indeed your name. Text 0868-104-106, email neil at redfm.ie and I'll come back to it a little later on. Back after the break.
0: Talk to Neil Printerville now. 1851 106 Red FM.
1: Ernest, thanks so much for coming into studio. I really do appreciate it because it's not an easy conversation considering the dreadfully tragic year you've been through. And in fact this week is a significant week because today is the first anniversary of the passing, the death of your son, Jimmy, and indeed this week is his 14th birthday. That's right. How are you coping? How have you coped with this tragedy over the past 12 months, all of the family? Um, we're just going to take it
11: day by day, hour by hour, minute by minute. Um, You don't know what's going to be thrown at you or what way you're going to feel or Anything. Um, I suppose it's, it's hugely made not easier, but I don't want the word is, but from the support we've gotten from people, mm. it's just been. It carries you along. Helps you to put one it, foot in it, front it, of it, the it other. It helps, yeah. Um, people just put their lives on hold for us. Um, and still to this, to this day, people do this morning, flowers in and. For his birthday? Yeah, um, just non-stop, and I suppose you have to be aware that everyone else has their own lives as well as we have ours, but like, just the endless donations, the, you know, it's, it's a tough time for everybody and you know, for people just to send us meals or, and it's always, you know, just neighbours taking the kids, giving us a break, everything. It's just everybody has been just... We, we'll never find a way to say thank you. That's
1: that's, that's very interesting because it's good to hear that people do engage with you and and don't clam up and feel as if they don't know what to do or what to say. I'm getting the impression that it's the opposite.
11: Um, I suppose when 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 Jimmy was taken from us, um, I said to Rach the, the 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 following morning, um, I said, you know, you know, people are going to be afraid to talk to us and come up to us. I said, just engage them because. I know myself going to funerals of friends' parents who were long ill and everything else. You don't know what to say to people. So, with a tragedy as as, as extreme
1: as Jimmy's, it's people don't know what to say. Um, and because it's the worst thing that is imaginable to happen to any family, that you would, yeah. as a parent, lose a son or a daughter, or a, a brother or sister to lose a sibling. Yeah, I mean, are you were aware that there was such an outpouring of emotion twelve months ago when the news broke. The city came to a stop? Yeah, it did. Um,
11: just that the whole city came to a stop. We we were just, I suppose at the time, like it's, it's only when we look back on it because we were in such shock that like, like his class from primary to secondary, all the other secondary schools in Cork, everyone just stopped. And in a time with COVID and everything else, people's lives, I think were, were hard enough as it was. Um, and we were just we were just blown away by it and, and still to this day just can't believe what, what people are doing for us you know um,
1: I think it was the Mass was Crab Lane I think was, there, was it at the African Missions and that the did, African the, missions, did all of his uh, come along to that
11: yeah uh, did the uh, Guard of Honour with Honor. Crab Lane his class from Crab Lane um, Father Alphonse who did his communion and confirmation was the priest in for the service and it was just I didn't I didn't actually remember the Mass. Um, it was like, uh, they recorded it because of, you know, social distancing and everything else. So it was streamed live. It was a, only afterwards. It's something you don't out. remember. Such was your yeah. shock and grief. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose it's, for us, like, I mean, From for me personally, not only did I lose my son, but I lost my best friend. Oh my and, you know, that's... Were you very close? Did you do a lot together? Yeah, he's my... He was my best buddy, like he was, I suppose, first born. Not like we love any of them anymore, or any less, but um, he was, he was the boss of the house, like kind of what he said went. Um,
1: they're the ones, the first, aren't they? They yeah. set
11: the rules, um, and that was grand. It was, we were fine with
1: that, and everyone knew their place, and that was okay, you know, because we need to remember, of course, Rachel and Rosie and Tilly and Lola and Rex, yeah, and the. Uh, devastating consequences for their life the loss of a brother like what kind of a guy was he did he did he enjoy Prez was he was be was he into the rugby or where was he at um soccer would have been his how did that go down in Prez chosen like sport.
11: I suppose he wasn't there long enough Neil I got Covid last year and uh he was at home for two weeks and then it fell into midterm so he had three weeks off um so he was uh he loved home um did he yeah uh Come in, put on his onesie, you know, just the living room in the house was his room. Um, and like he'd pause the game if we came in, like, what are you doing here? It's. This is
1: my space. Yeah. Um, Typical 13, 14 year old. Yeah.
11: yeah. Um, but he was, he loved his brothers and sisters. Um, he just, he was just a unique one off child that we'll never see the likes of again.
1: But how, how, how do you, how do you rationalise that that something like this would happen to you and he was such a beautiful kid with so much to live for do you, do you ever feel as if this is wrong unfair unjust why me um, is there a God I don't think there is no?
11: before this I did did you yeah that um, it could be that a God could be so unfair um, I suppose the way I'd look at it is if there was a God I'd be dead and not my son I know, um, I know. if someone had to go why not me yeah that would be the way I'd do it anyway um but look it's I don't want to be disrespectful to, to, you know Father Alphonse has been very good to us and if I'm coming up the road I'll pull in I'll have a chat with him and we bump elbows and you know he's been a really really nice helping caring man um but no I, I don't I don't think about the God
1: situation much mm-hmm. of those, to be honest mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. who could who could blame you really having been through what you've been through yeah the, the, I know that following the dreadful, dreadful tragic accident that led to your son's death jimmy's death he 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 was brought to the mercy, wasn't he he was brought to the mercy, yeah, yeah. so that's um
11: they they did everything they could um uh, so you
1: were called, and you had to get to the mercy
11: my ascent. wife got in there ahead of me um I I got the call at about twenty five past three, um, and I'd missed the call, and I like my wife wouldn't ring me over and over, and I'd eight or nine missed calls, God, um, and just got into town. Um, was kind of I ended up parking kind of where Frank Clark's old place was there just before Jury's or the River Leno, um, and just ran, ran, yeah, um. And when we got there, I, I'd see where everyone had had arrived because school finishing and everything else. There was there was such a big crowd, Um but they they were working on them, and they brought him to the mercy,
1: where sadly they, short time later, pronounced him dead. Oh my God! Despite your hoping, wishing, praying, yeah, it wasn't to be. No, but on the basis that they worked so hard, um and that they were there for you. Sadly, of course, Jimmy passed away. 12 months on, you still have the strength to say, okay, we're going to honour his memory, the first anniversary, by by trying to do something to raise funds for the hospital.
11: Yeah, I mean, I, I just couldn't say enough about the hospital and, and the staff in there, um, the way they handled us and, and Jimmy and the respect we were given. They sent us books of condolences and... Every member of staff signed it. You know, it was just... It was much more than they're, they're asked to do. You know, it was... A lot more of them was required of them. Um, you know, so I just... I just Myself and my wife... They're not just out. clinicians, really. Yeah. So they're not, no, they're not. They're it's, human
1: beings. Yeah. They have emotions. They have sympathy.
11: Yeah, uh, just unreal, epic stuff. Um, and even now, dealing with Deirdre and the Mercy Foundation, just... Just... They don't get the recognition they deserve in my opinion.
1: Yeah. That's gonna be an incredibly powerful evening, six PM um tonight, uh, down the marina because there's no natural light there, so yeah. people will have candles. Yeah, candles and
11: torch lit. Um I'm kinda of liaising with the guards at, at the moment and they're kinda of asking me for numbers. I've I've I d I have do not know what way it's gonna play. What out. would
1: you anticipate?
11: You have no idea? I anticipated uh, uh, the goal was that we might raise maybe two thousand euro um for them it's it's now up at forty six thousand forty seven thousand I think on you're last joking check.
1: the last time I checked was only yesterday and it was thirty eight you're saying and that space of time has gone up by another yeah um it's
11: eight grand again it's 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 how I refer to everybody what they've done for us you know again it's a' there's nobody is an easy time at the moment um financially with COVID and everything else and just the, the outpour of people to us. Um, and I know a lot of it would be to do with the Marseille as well. Um, but it's just, we're, we're just, as a family, taken back. Co-
1: of course it is. But I think you have to look at the emotion behind people's contributions. And, you know, a hospital is bricks and mortar and glass and beds. It's the people in the hospital, those that are working. And also, you know, it's you and it's your family and you're well-respected. And, of course, it's the memory of a young Cork boy with all of his life to live yeah that tragically you know didn't get to live it um, you know there must have been periods of time when you when you would be in denial as, that this is a nightmare you know let me wake up from it it's that bad you know yeah i
11: uh, I describe it worse than a nightmare but I suppose it's look we we'll never ever get over it um it's, are you okay to
1: keep going, like to
11: yeah, um it's just, we'll never get over it um it's it's just unimaginable, you know he was I suppose everyone thinks their kids are the best, and that that that's human nature to love your children and everything else, but there just wasn't a bad bone in his body, Do you know he never fought with anyone never he was just a he was just a good sweet kid, and i suppose as I said to my wife the only good or solace or strength we can take out of it is you know he never had his heart broken he never had his jaw broken never lost a first girlfriend never failed an exam and that's about it and just be thankful for the time we had with him because he was he was Jimmy he was a legend Do you know he was so he was, the doorbell was always ringing for him you know he was popular guy yeah he just he didn't He was never with the cool gang or the uncool gang. He just, he coasted through. He was just a a really happy, nice, decent kid.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, So missed by all of you. Yeah. So missed. If people want to donate, um, and indeed if people want to walk, it's six o'clock at the marina. Were you encouraging people to show up with a candle?
11: Uh, It's called a torchlight walk. So um, a candle with a torch... Um, we will have marshals down there there'll be there'll be you know the, the, the kind of final push on the fundraising there'll be um, people with, with donation buckets gotcha. and then afterwards I suppose it'll be people will just descend and go home and yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. so we're talking about 6pm outside the Lee Rowing Club in the marina that's right walking to the village yes Um. that will be so emotional
11: that really will um yeah, a lot, like a lot of it has been taken away from us. Um, the Stuff we have to do, like just people are—they're just they're not giving yeah. and yeah. helping. And you know, you go to do something, that's done. You are, oh, I must ring that—that's that's done. It's—it's it's just everybody. It's just, getting
1: you through. It's the difference for you. It's
11: making the difference. Yeah, well, it's—it—it's it, it, it's not getting us through. We'll—we'll we'll always have to live with it. It's our hearts are gone. They're broken. Um do you know it was I can't think of anything worse. Um I wouldn't wish it on the worst no. in the world no Um but Christmas will be tough. Yeah. Um his favorite time of year. Um it'll be our second Christmas without him. Um so we'll we'll still acknowledge him. We'll say a place for him. We'll do you know he still lives on with us, you know. Um I know that might sound a bit
1: unusual to people, but that's just the way we view him, you know? He, oh, yeah, you deal with him in the present tense. He's always yeah. with you, of, yeah. of course. Yeah, And you acknowledge his birthday. Yeah, You acknowledge the anniversary and, you know, that, that he will always be with you. But I, I get a sense that your light's gone out, you know? That's um, what I, That's the feeling I get.
11: Yeah. Um, as I said, I have four other kids, and I've, I have to live for, for yeah. them, but I'll, I'll never forget him, you know? Um, like I said, he was... It was just a the life and soul, you know, mm. um, and and not in a spoilt way, not in a, a bratish way. He was just he just had that magic.
1: It's so cruel, you know. Yeah. Life can be unfair, or whoever is controlling our lives can be so unfair, as you say yourself. If people want to donate, it's I donate, isn't it? That's right,
11: yeah. It. Um, I'll send you the link afterwards. Um, if you could get it up, would be great. Um, it's anything anything anyone, anyone can give. Um, I'll be meeting Deirdre from the Mercy Foundation then next week and we'll we'll go through the charities that we we think are are most relevant to the whole situation um, and I'll, I'll obviously take you know the they're, they're steering it they're the experts in it. Um, it's just anything we can do to help we we will do.
1: Okay, well, let's get those links up. It's iDonate. I guess it's it's iDonate with using using Jimmy Organ's name. I yes. would imagine. Yes. But let's make that happen and, yeah. you know, drive it on. It's way past what you had hoped it would be. I think the original target was twenty eight thousand. You're going to double that. Yeah. You'd be so proud, and you should be too.
11: Thank you. Um, so we just like to thank everybody who's donated. I could, I could fill three radio shows for you to go through thanking people, um, to Mercy, Garda noon Noonan schools, our neighbours, friends, families, everybody. It's I could I was gonna come in here with a list and it was just I started at it it's like where does it end? Does it you end? know, you, yeah, you you'll forget to, to thank someone and that it's just the public outpour has been exceptional. Um the whole of Cork literally just put their arm around us. Um from people I hadn't heard from from, from years to even people who I was in school with that, just, you know, it's just the amount of letters. I'd say the postman
1: had, had a separate I'm so glad. Us. I'm so glad that people got in touch. They yeah. felt that they, you know, could get in touch. And, you know, it doesn't make, you know, your, your grief any less um, letters hard came, to bear. but it,
11: Letters came from all over the world, from people we didn't know. Um, some of the letters were just the house Blackrock. Um, really? Yeah, it was... Uh, Really? We have, at the corner of our living room, we have just boxes and boxes and boxes of letters and cards and gifts and just unbelievable. The school, everything the press has done since they've passed Aidan Toomey and everybody in there have just been off the wall. Um, there's,
1: there's, there's no way I could think to thank them enough for all their uh-huh. help and support. Uh-huh. Okay. Listen, not an easy thing to come in here and chat about it because it's so personal to you and all of the family but thank you for doing so. No problem. Um, and everybody will remember uh, Jimmy Horgan today on the first anniversary of his passing this week on his 14th birthday and of course tonight for the Torchlight uh, the torchlight Vigil and Walk on the Marina. Yeah, thank thanks, thanks so much for chatting. Appreciate you thanks coming now. in. Thanks for Take your time. And thanks
11: to everybody who's donated. It, it means a lot to me and my wife.
0: Text the Neil Prenderville Show now, 86
1: RED-FM. a very hard thing for a dad to have to do, um, you know, when you have a family that are living with awful pain and, and heartache like the Horgan's are. And, and thank you to Ernest for, uh, for you know, opening up and, and having a conversation with me about his beautiful son, Jimmy Horgan, who uh, passed away uh, one year ago today. And to him and to his wife, Rachel, and Rosie, and Tilly, and... Lola and Rex Rex all are, all our thoughts are are with them um I think it's fair I think it's fair to say that uh, everybody was heartbroken and and our lives stopped for many people this day last year when we heard of the, the tragic story of what happened to little Jimmy at uh, Cheer Street, a small little press boy in first year press with so much to live for um and there's a torch lit walk in memory of uh, Jimmy tonight, six o'clock outside the Lee rowing Club, and they'll walk then with torches or candles um, and it's a beautiful tribute beautiful tribute to the young lad and it's a tribute as well to the to the Horgan family and also running alongside that in tandem of course is a, a fundraiser the family have engaged with to raise money for the Mercy Hospital because as I was talking about earlier on you know guards got to the scene paramedics got to the scene, ambulances got to the scene within minutes and he was brought to the Mercy University Hospital but so sadly uh, pronounced dead a short time later Um but uh, they haven't forgotten the, the hospital and they haven't forgotten the kindness, not just, you know, doing their jobs as medics and clinicians and consultants and, and people involved in, in, in care like that. But as human beings as well, the compassionate aspect of it um, and that compassion still uh, is, is part of their lives with, with, with the Mercy Hospital. So the I Donate is very straightforward, actually. Um, you'll, you'll find uh, the link by just going into the I Donate page uh, and just literally typing the the name Jimmy Horgan, and it will bring you straight to the link. And a fiver, a tenner, a twenty, whatever you can afford. And it's it's just amazing to watch it continuing to grow. And bewildered actually at the generosity of, of Cork people, and have been for many years. It doesn't surprise me that they've passed um, a target of, of twenty eight thousand. As I talk to you now, it's fifty one thousand um, seven hundred and fifteen euros. So, um, but anyway, let, let's not talk about the actual money. Let's talk about um, you know the giving. A process and you can do so by clicking on I donate or checking out I donate and literally um typing in this beautiful young lad's name, Jimmy Horgan. And it'll bring you straight to the link and anything you can afford uh to to give would be very much appreciated. So thank you for that. Uh and, and tonight then, um six o'clock outside Lee Lee Rowing Club, I imagine there'll be an awful lot of people there. Um there'll be it'll be dark at that stage and there aren't any street lights. So I imagine it'll be very very emotional as well. But thank you Ernest for coming in. I, I know it wasn't easy for you and uh, I very much appreciate you taking the time. Lines are open on 1850 104 You can text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six, and I see already people are, are, are texting their thoughts and kind wishes uh, to the family and you can also continue to text on that and I'll read them out and hopefully they'll take some consolation from hearing them on the air. Text oh eight six eight. 104, uh, 106. Okay, lots of calls and comments and texts on different topics of the conversation, which I want to come back to. Some of them from yesterday and some of them are new. Uh, One thing that I mentioned earlier this morning, uh, because I have been getting uh, correspondence, as the fella says, and also, I've been sent video footage. Uh, there is isn't a thing that doesn't happen on Lisa that it doesn't end up being sent to me, so I see all of the video footage from uh, different, um, you know, happy and sad, social and anti-social events. But yesterday was a particularly shocking day, and I just alluded it to it there uh, just uh, earlier on this morning with regards to uh, carry on up in the up in the uh, the Fair Hill area. They're calling it the Fair Hill Feud. I believe it involves two different families who just take the law into their own hands. Law. Completely and utterly lawless, to be quite honest with you. Um, I wonder if Councillor Ken O'Flynn has actually seen the footage. I imagine he probably has at this stage. We'll pick it up after the break.
0: This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at NeilRedFM. 104 to
1: 106 Red FM. Okay, um, so I did, we did contact the guardia regarding this uh, yesterday and they say Guardia are investigating an incident of criminal damage that occurred at a property in Upper Fairhill shortly before 12.15 um, yesterday. Lunchtime, no arrests have been made, investigations are ongoing. Now thank you to Garda Press for that, but it doesn't actually do justice to how bad it actually was. Councillor Kenneth Flynn joins me by phone. Ken, good morning, have you seen the video? What Good morning, Neil. I've seen a number of videos um, uh, relating to both to Fair Hill and to uh, Dublin Hill. Oh, week. thank you. So, are we talking about two different incidents? We're
12: talking about two different incidences, which are, are, as I understand, connected. Yeah. Um, I've spoken to people both in the Fair Hill area and Fernry area, and also the Dublin Hill Bellagallan area. Um, I spoke to one gentleman last night who was held in his car by a group of um, people. Um, and it, there was a mistaken identity situation but was falsely imprisoned in his car for 15 minutes uh, trying to get to his home I've spoken to neighbours who have witnessed um, horrific events of the breaking of windows and bashing of doors and uh, destruction of cars and, and I believe there was a car burned out as well in, in this ongoing feud between mm. the two feuding families mm. um, so yeah it's, 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 it's a, they're all connected uh, the events of, of last So the week, first uh,
1: one is around midday And then there was a second. Was the retaliation then then around five
12: o'clock? The retaliation then was later in the evening. I thought it was about seven o'clock, but maybe that's when they started getting the telephone calls. Yeah. Um, And that's look. That's that's what's going on there at the moment. We have a situation where where we have feuding families um, breaking all sorts of antisocial behavior laws. What what?
1: do we even know what the feud is about?
12: uh, I, I believe this feud is going on for a number of years now, um, and, and as, we've, as you've reported before and others have reported at different shows, um, this feud goes back to about two years ago in Blarney for an that took place in the Blarney filling station. Uh, incidents that have taken place in various call-out videos from uh, certain members of those families. Yeah. Um, between each other uh, for the last two or three years. So, nobody, look, I don't have the minutia of who said what, he said, she said, um, but it has become an extremely serious level where there is a, a serious amount of criminal damage. If somebody is being imprisoned in their in, in their cars, if somebody's lives are being put at, at danger and risk, I have had people ringing me saying, look, I'm going down to stay at my mother's house tonight, I'm going to stay in my friend's house tonight, um, moving out because they were afraid. Um, whether their house was going to be next.
1: Sharon said it was so scary. She lives, I don't know which incident she's talking about, whether it's Fair Hill or whether it's Dublin. She said it was so scary for the children who were out playing at the time. They were terrified. They ran to the nearest house for safety. What what we're looking at is people smashing up cars, smashing up vans. Hurley's, golf sticks, baseball bats. Is that what they they were using? Hurley's? Baseball bats. Baseball bats. And they're smashing in all of the windows of the cars and they're smashing in all of the panelling. And then I see lots of windows smashed in and porch windows and glass all smashed in in a house.
12: Yeah. Uh, Look, the the reality here, Neil, is that we have People behaving in a totally unacceptable manner inside in a housing estate where Cork City Council has a number of houses. There's a couple of half houses, but the majority of that housing estate would be people that are after borrowing significant amount of money and, pay, and paying uh, significant mortgages every month and struggling to pay their mortgages and paying their property tax and a whole lot. It's a place where you try to build your life, and you know you you're, you're, you have a nice community and a nice area for your kids to go out and play. In. And then for these scenes. That, we, that we've, we've all probably all seen some of it hanging anyway, online because they're going around and they're being heavily shared on WhatsApp groups etc.
1: Do they um, film it themselves yeah. the videos that I'm seeing yeah?
12: Uh, some some of them have been filmed by the perpetrators yeah Okay. Uh, as well as there's a number of call out videos between the two families as well uh, and then there's the, the videos from some of the neighbours but, you know, most people were afraid to go outside their door, you know, like, if you see that coming down the streets, look it looks, you look some of the footage, Neil, it looks like a scene from a, from a, a violent movie.
1: So by the time the guards would have got to either or both, they were gone, were they? They were gone, they were gone. And of course, as you saw, the call-out videos,
12: I don't know if you've seen those yet, but they, of course they're all facing away from their faces and, and everybody calling out to be be a real man, but of course nobody would show their face on these
1: No, I haven't seen those. I've seen yeah, them in the yeah. past. I wonder why yeah. the Gardaí can't act on those. Do we ever see this yeah. kind of carry-on ending up in court with jail time or anything?
3: Well I would hope so I would hope so but
12: my big fear now is that we're going to have a piece of Limerick a number of years ago and if you, if you recall there was a mistaken identity in Limerick where somebody ended up in a fit Yeah. because they were, they, it was the wrong house uh, and uh, that's what a, no, a number of fears are there both in infirmary in Dublin Hill tonight, in Dublin Hill today there's people calling me and saying you know I'm afraid to go back to the house what happens if, if this person is here I've had the number of calls about antisocial behaviour um, from various people that are um, council tenants that are on HAP schemes that are being facilitated by Cork City Council uh, uh, and, and there seems to
1: be one that, that, that shouldn't, ones be, that are shouldn't rules be, rules. be given a house at all as you're so, suggesting The, rea- the, rea- the
12: reality is, me is that if you indulge in antisocial behaviour if you're disrupting your community if you're disrupting your neighbourhood you don't deserve to be housed
1: and So the is, damage you know, was possibly done to public authority housing? Well, the damage will be picked up
12: by us uh, eventually, yeah. you know, it'll be City Hall, they think, be paying for it, will be you and I, the taxpayer, they be paying for it. Yeah. Um, like the, the damage that's being done to these houses, you know, you can't go back to their house tonight. And look, I feel very sorry for any house or any family that is victimised by anti-social behaviour, but equally, you know... If it's of their own, if you're, you're own saying house,
1: it's, a, it's of their own making then, isn't it, really?
12: That's, that would be my impression of it from what I'm hearing from yeah. neighbours and, and people in the area
1: but what if the or wrong house is targeted next time or there's a petrol bomb I'm goes through of, the letterbox of an innocent that's family I'm, that's what I'm genuinely afraid of you know and the fact I thought it was so
12: frightening that somebody a man you know in, in, well into his 40s I was speaking to was, was petrified on the phone because imagine being imprisoned inside your own car and they didn't know whether you were a member of this family or, or, or that family, and trying to tried to persuade somebody that you're not a member of anything to do with that family.
1: Does anybody ever Is try to family? come between the two families and to broker peace? Well, look, you know, there's, there's certain agencies that work for those that,
12: work, that, work, that spend their days um, complaining about me, and Cindy out complaints about me. Well, um, why, um, are you suggesting there's... it's traveller-related? Well, that's what I understand. Yeah, yeah. that's what I understand. Well, why don't
1: they interact, yeah. interject, and interact well, with well, the two? They're, 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 I think they're too busy trying to trying to remove me from the
12: city council uh, and get their own agenda across. Um, well, they just know, feel that, you're not, very, balan-
1: that you're not being balanced. That you're not being balanced enough in your These these, groups, in, these groups your comments. Are very, very slow
12: to condemn. The, the wrongdoings in their, in their own group. By the way... They say I that the
1: incidents like that don't represent yeah. the greater traveller community. Yeah. When, I, when I received death
12: threats from, from members of the travelling community in the not-too-distant past, they never condemned it either, by the way. Yeah.
1: Not that doesn't to seem to they, frighten they, you, though. That doesn't yeah. seem to...
12: Well, why, why, I mean, look, that's cowardice. That's cowardice. Uh, and what's going on, and hiding your face and putting on the hoodie and smashing people's windows and threatening people, to my mind, is cowardice. And that's what it is. But I think it's high time that all the stakeholders involved that we should have a zero tolerance for any sort of antisocial behaviour, whether you're, you're, regardless of what ethnic background you come from, the colour of your skin, what religion, who you pray to or who you don't pray to, Mm -hmm. regardless of that anti-social behavior and there's a lot of it going on not just in traveling community but so in 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 all social circles that cannot be tolerated okay
1: okay and and it's summed up actually in an email here says we this is from a resident in thorndale we shouldn't have to put up with this we're living in absolute fear and there is no end to it it.
12: and it's ongoing and it's continuous and this is an escalation of what's been happening
1: are you suggesting they should be evicted I'm suggesting that we should have a zero tolerance for anyone that indulges in any sort up of Up to end up to end including. Pack your bags, yeah. get out. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay, exactly. all right. Thanks as always. Ken O'Flynn, uh, text 0868104106, particularly if you're of the area. I won't give out your personal details. Nobody will know anything about you, but do get in touch, do engage. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on one 850
5: i am Lana O'Connor. Red FM News is first for local, national and international news. And you can stay up to date by tuning into our hourly news bulletins or by clicking on redfm.ie.
0: Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville <laughs> now. 1850-104-106. Red FM.
1: With uh, two gift cards to give away again today, they're worth 200 euro each, so we will have two winners, courtesy of ourselves in Douglas Village Shopping Centre. Their 50th birthday is tomorrow, 18th of November, 1971. So we're looking at the 70s as a decade. And that's what you've got to solve for me, the different daily puzzles. So there's a song, there's a film, There's a big event from the 70s, and then there's the year itself. So you need to identify the song, the movie, the event, and the year from the 70s that we're talking about. We'll take callers 10 and 11, round about a quarter to midday. But here are uh, those exact uh, items. The song, the movie, the event, but not the year. You need to work all of those out for me. What are we saying to each other? Seems they're trying to teach us a basic tonal vocabulary. It's the first day of school, fellas.
0: Manager tried to revive him. He
2: failed. His doctor pronounced him dead at 3 o'clock this afternoon.
1: All right, so first thing you heard there was the film, then you heard the song coming in, then the event from the uh, 1970s, and on that basis, you need to work out those three and tell me what year they all came from. And we're the only clue I can give you is, or is, it's from the 1970s. All right, so that's all between now and midday today. Text 086 8104 um, Thank you. I got some texts in uh, with regards to issues on uh, the north side. We all know uh, that um, the travelling communities don't want settled people in the halting site. Uh, why do they think that we want them within our community i live in dublin hill and most of the trouble up there is always related to traveler issues um, the question must be asked where are the gardee when all this is happening well you can't expect the gardee to be able to anticipate something before it actually happens you know getting their asap of course is what people want but you can't be there before an event kicks off and a lot of the time they happen quite quickly. Um, but keep those texts coming. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on one 850 I meant to do this on Monday and I didn't get an opportunity. Then I meant to do it yesterday and I ran out of time. But if you can cast your mind back to last week's competition with Michelle Jewelers and we're giving away some fabulous prizes, um, gift vouchers and money to be spent in Michelle Jewelers on Patrick Street. And we had a lot of fun with it. Um, and on Friday... We had two competitors going head to head to win, but only one can. Now, unfortunately, Veronica Walsh didn't win. Veronica Impallafiehan. She was competing for the big prize of a thousand euro from Michelle, um, and she lost out to Jason from Mallow. Now that's the way it goes, you can have one winner and that winner deserves the prize but Veronica was talking about the fact that she had uh, lost her wedding ring anyway, enough of me, have a listen to this this is just a snippet from Friday, right <laughs> I was told that you lost your wedding ring I did, yeah you took it off because it was too tight and you can't find yeah. it Yeah. oh no, no I you... didn't lose it last and
13: fairness
1: when I told them but oh my, I have you been sense. everywhere and anywhere looking for where you might have left it
13: well, it has to be somewhere in the house, but I just don't know where.
1: Where did you last? <laughs> where did you last have it? <laughs> if I knew that, I, I think could I find it.
13: It's the unit somewhere, in the sitting room, but I just can't find it. <laughs> right. It's
1: the Queen of
13: Diamonds. Yay. <laughs> hey. Oh my God! Congratulations! <laughs>
1: I never thought I'd feel oh. f- sorry for somebody losing a competition as much as I do They're for Barra. No, Neil.
13: No stress.
1: No, stress is right. I think I might have an update on this um, very, very soon. So that's just a teaser as to what happened on Friday. You probably can guess where I'm going with this. Uh, hang in there. Uh, because we may have uh, an update with regards to Veronica and her poor old wedding ring. I assume she hasn't found it since. Back after the break.
0: The Neil Prenderville Show, on Twitter, at Neil Red FM.
1: Um On uh, the Boyce Street story from yesterday, I recently moved out of Boyce Street myself, and I can't believe Maeve and her family are still living there. She's a lovely woman. I hope she gets someplace soon and needs to get out of there. Another one, my daughter's in emergency accommodation with three children has been on a waiting list for 14 years. She has never even got a single offer. I think some people are upset that there were some offers to the families in Boyce Street, both uh, Maeve and indeed uh, her daughter, two different places, but her daughter was just promised and promised and then we got never delivered. I'm 27 years old. I've worked every day since I left school and all the way through school before that. It drives me around the bend to hear all these God help us stories of people crying out about how tough their circumstances are. Um, and some more here, not all of them kind. That woman is being put out of her house. She should be taking... What she's been given she can't decide and she doesn't want a third floor place but has been living in one for 20 years if the place is that bad uh, then she would take anything to get out of it surely yeah well you know go walk in her shoes or at least attempt to climb three stores stories um, on a daily basis when your legs are bad or your hips are bad Uh, i'm on the housing list for 10 years and four months i'm married with four children we've been renting for eight years in a house that is full of mold and damp Uh, My kitchen ceiling's fallen down twice. We've had TDs helping us. I email them every day. Unfortunately, due to my husband breaking his back, he can't work, so we struggle to make ends meet. Due to private circumstance, I myself are suffering with depression and post-traumatic stress disorder and anxiety. The state of our house doesn't help my mental state, and the kids, because of it, are constantly sick. My landlord got someone to just put a piece of wood up and said, ''If we don't like it, we can just leave.'' I'm afraid to ask the landlord for help with anything in case we're kicked out and end up homeless with four children. My rent's gone up from 750 to 1100 since we moved in. We have single glazed windows, so it's constantly topping up the eating bill. It's a disgrace to see so many people on waiting lists for so long. And the worry there, of course, is also an extra issue in the sense that... You know, if if you're not happy, he's saying to you, you can just get out. There are plenty of people that will take it. On the subject of houses, what is what is this thing about city council leasing houses from a period of 25 years? Why can't the council buy these houses themselves instead of making the rich even richer? Yeah, and I suppose then on top of all of that, we've got stuff like property taxes and property charges and changes to the bans, And, you know, it's always a different way of trying to get more money out of you. And then some. Declan, good morning. Good morning now it's kind of, good it's, It started actually with this um, you know very sneaky increase to public uh, authority parking uh, in the city, whether it 's on street or multi stories. You just wanted to extend that conversation a bit go ahead
10: yeah well it was uh, your point out property tax um the the government obviously provides us with the various tax bans okay, and then the council decided uh, oh yeah, the money was supposed to be um Spent locally. I believe that was changed in the past couple of years. You used to go into a central fund and then they'd divvy it out. But um, then uh, the council seemingly were told that any money is collected in your area, it will be spent in your area. Okay? Mm -hmm. And then the council started adding on a little uh, 5%, 7.5%, etc. No, I'm in a band which I pay something like five eighty five, but that has subsequently gone up to about say six forty.
1: For your local property tax per year,
10: local property okay, tax, yeah. yeah. The, the, like the point I'm trying to get at is the band I'm in, it's not been followed. Like there's a government uh, governments provided the various tax bands, but then the council started adding their own little five percent, seven and a half percent over the past number of years.
1: I didn't know that. I thought it was just a band, and you were in it, and it all went to well, the central exchequer, well. and they did whatever they wanted with it.
10: Correct. That's what I thought as well. Until I, I kind of, I was onto the tax people there when when I was renewing my my uh, property tax for the next couple of years or whatever, and uh, the lady told me, "Oh, yeah, the council have the right to put on an extra little divvy." And if you look at your your um, your your account every month or when, however you pay it, you'll see that it has been added on, you know. And you think that they shouldn't be dipping into it, no? Well they shouldn't if the if the monies are being if the monies we pay into the property tax are supposed to be no spent in our local areas. At one stage it all went into central government and government divided out uh, whatever way they, they did. But no, seemingly I'm told that... um any taxes collected in, say, the Cork area is spent in the Cork area.
1: Yeah, yeah. And that is the case then, is it?
10: Well, that's what I've I'm, i I'm been led to believe anyway, right. you know. But, but surely, uh, surely but
1: that's th- a good thing, that a proportion of it would stay local, no?
10: Oh, yes, of course, yeah. But why would the council then decide to tack on another little 5% and a 7.5% every other year? But you don't you know?
1: actually think that your local property charge, the whole lot of it, the 580 whatever, is actually uh, yeah. kept in Cork, do you?
10: Well, that's what I was led to believe. Over the past couple of years, they were changing the legislation that any money is collected in your own area. Now, you, some of your readers are your that's, might own in on that one. That's you know?
1: news to me. I mean, that is news to me.
10: Yeah. Well, I, well, I discussed it with a friend of mine there last night, and he said, "Yeah, that's right." He said, "I heard that over the past two years." But I'm open to correction there, as you can see. You know? So
1: they're they're getting a double whammy then.
10: Well, that's the point i getting at, really. Good point. Yeah. Well yeah. made.
1: Okay, I'll check it out. You know? I'll check it out.
10: So, yeah. And yeah. Uh, just one thing there, as you were discussing about the, the voids or the, or the the housing. I, I was on holiday a couple of years ago there. and They met um, a couple from Manchester who were working for the local borough and they were in this business of turning around houses quickly. And uh, I told them, even this was a couple of years ago, that said, in our city, it took maybe 15 months to turn around the house. They said maximum eight to ten weeks.
1: No, and that's like that's that's dream world here. It's at least a year I, or longer. I, I
10: know it is, but that's that's well. These people who are working there's i have no reason to disbelieve them. Yeah, you know,
1: yeah. A matter of weeks, they turn them around.
10: And, and just one final point, oh, long um long All all the boys and uh, they were protesting, as you know, out in Blackpool yesterday. All the houses that are on Ox vacant, fight. yeah vacant. No, I presume they're council houses but what about... No, not necessarily
1: lost? no, there could be absentee landlords there could be people just sitting on the property yeah. hoping that it'll go up in price and stuff like that anything.
10: Yeah, but there are a number there are quite a lot of council houses Oh, well, for sure. Uh, yes and what about all the rent lost if those houses were even occupied you know well, rent, we know last of the council. Yeah,
1: well, we know of fifteen or sixteen properties in Madden's building alone, and one of them has been vacant for over two years, apparently, probably yeah. even longer, yeah. just sitting there. And they were perfect when the people left them, by all accounts. But
10: that's the whole point. And 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 then why do they have to rip them asunder when they do take them over and refit kitchens, bedrooms, you name it? <laughs> because they though. have
1: to bring them back to the standard to the uh, to the layout they were before people improved them. Can you can you understand yeah. that nonsense?
10: Of course I can, but uh, but you buy a house in the morning, you know if you're going to go live in it, you're, no. you're obviously going to go in and change everything yourself. Anyway, but yeah, you but yeah, but you should, but they side. shouldn't
1: be ripping out improvements though.
10: I mean that of makes. Of course they should. Yeah, I nice agree thing. entirely with you there. You know.
1: All right, thanks Declan. Now, quick chat with John on this. John, good morning. Morning Neil. Okay.
10: Uh,
14: yeah, go ahead. There's a problem. There's a problem deal with uh, these challenges, uh, oh. Neil, because the people don't own the houses. The houses are owned by the bank.
1: Well, they have skin in the game if they're repaying a mortgage. They own a portion of it, at oh, least.
14: Oh, oh, yes, but what portion uh, uh, of the, do they own? They, they probably own any equity that might have arisen in the house over whatever many years. That's right. Yeah. right. No. so why should they be paying uh, property charges on, on property that, that's owned by the bank? Because if you don't have the deeds of your property in your home, you don't own that home. Somebody else owns us, and so there should be liable for the bills the same as people living in, in, in a social housing. Uh, they don't pay it. He who he
1: whoever has the deeds should be the person paying the property. That's you're right. In, you go. The, but you're right in theory. But you see, they they'll tell you what what you have to do. They won't ask you. They'll oh, say I, uh, yeah, we're the I'm government. This is what we're going to make you do.
14: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but you see, uh, the banks made the government jump, uh, jump through uh, hoops, and uh, the government has no idea what they're at, if financially or, or, or otherwise. They just follow along because it, it sounds right from the people that they are getting the information from. Mm-hmm. So you can't, you can't, you cannot. And let me put it you like this: Has it ever been challenged by anybody in the court? Because if you don't pay your mortgage, the bank are holding the deeds, and they'll bring you to court, and they'll tell the judge. Judge, we have the right to, to seize this property because we hold the deeds and it's all property. So why are they picking up? It's the a super
1: point. I mean, you are right. It'd be hard to argue against you on that one. I don't know how it f- I not know how it would well, work well, out in the well, court well, of well. law. It,
14: it, it would be it would be very difficult if if you were having a conversation with a. A politically appointed judge who, who would who would uh, most certainly be leaning in the direction of of the government. Yeah,
1: I know, I know, I know. But I, I suppose you know you don't technically own the home because you don't have the deeds, so therefore you're not you that property you'd, owner.
14: You you'd, listen. You take out a loan on a car, and it tells you in the bottom of the line the pro- the car business belongs to the finance company. At the last payment is made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't own it. Yeah and it's the same it's the same with a house yeah but the you may not country. own the car
1: but you still have to tax it and you still have to insure it you yeah, could also yeah, that, you could also yeah. ask the question why isn't the person who owns it which is technically That's the fair enough,
14: but but the if bank. you're living in a house with a mortgage on it that you've taken out in all good faith you're doing repairs to that house and you're painting it and you're keeping it in good stead uh, so that uh, eventually when you will have the mortgage paid, that you'll have a bit of equity in it, that you'll have something to pass on to your
1: Interesting people. thought, that the only people that should be paying local property tax are those that 100% own their own home. Thank you, John, as always. Absolutely. Cheers for okay, that. From dear. yesterday's programme where we saw and had evidence of uh, kids as young as 13 in first year and second year um and this is secondary school, taking cocaine. Um, texts on that. I've seen drugs being done in the toilets in a well-known establishment in town regularly and on the outskirts of the city in another well-known establishment. We're talking about pubs here. I would have reported it to security. Uh, in at the time but they always just turned a blind eye to it another one remember one thing there is more professional people on cocaine uh, and they're driving and they are the driving force behind all of the drug dealers yes all walks there's an awful lot of hypocrisy actually with regards to who is using cocaine you're dead right there cocaine is rife in sport as well neil all the young people want to do is go to the gym look and be fit they can't do that with drink so coke keeps them up all night for the party And the next day, there's no hangover. So then, get up for the match or go to the gym. If you drink, you can't get up for days. I don't think cannabis is the gateway drug at all. Drink definitely does more damage in my experience. And this one here, if the parents are at home, the kids will come home. If you've been there for your kids, you'll know your kids well and know and always have a gut feeling that they're taking or using something. Yes, tougher sentences are needed. It's drug dealers are running the country. Um, Noel says kids need to be randomly tested for drugs at school. Uh, Not a new idea, but a great idea. I have kids and if the teachers drug test to them, I'd say thank you to the teacher and well done to the school. If you're not doing drugs, then you have nothing to fear, surely. Not enough emphasis is put on people who purchase drugs. In my opinion, they are as guilty as... As the dealers. Uh, I smoke weed for years. I was offered some cocaine once. I tried it, didn't like it, and I haven't done I have never done any other drugs. It's not a gateway drug, it depends on the person. But what about the person who was, say like you, smoked weed, was offered cocaine, and liked it? Uh, morning, my son is in debt with a drug dealer. We've bailed him out five times. We've paid thousands, but he's still at it. Can anybody give us any advice? I'm going to lose my house over it i don't know what kind of advice people could give you i mean has he been in treatment you know you bailed him out five times and he keeps on using not sure what he's using but you know the penny isn't dropping with him and were you to stop bailing him out that would probably result in him getting into deeper trouble with the drug dealers and that could actually get quite physical and if for instance you stop bailing him out will the dealers then turn upon you you're saying you're going to lose your house. That's probably because you can't make the payments because you've been bailing out your son five times. But also, would the drug dealers or those who are owed the debt turn upon you and your property? Possibly. Um, I've spoken with the young lad last week and I asked him. You know, with his seven and a half grand drug drug debt, did he ever go to the guards? He said, under no circumstances would he? Because that would only make it worse. He'd end up with broken legs or perhaps dead in a ditch. Has anybody been through it where they have bailed out a son or a daughter time after time after time and it's made no difference? Have you been in a situation where you've managed to make it work? Um, Rehab and treatment would seem like an option. I don't know if that was ever considered. Anyway, do get in touch. Text 0868-104-106. Uh, Lines are open. You can always email neil at redfm.ie. Can I just mention this, if you don't mind, with regards to uh, certainly kids in school and the the times that we're living in now? I got a very interesting email in uh, from a teacher, Um, and I'll just give out the details without naming the teacher. I'm a teacher in an all-girls secondary school. This week, teachers have been directed to not allow students to go to the bathrooms during class time unless they present a medical cert. They're expected to only go at lunchtimes or after school finishes. This is to stop a very small amount of antisocial behaviour like graffiti in the toilets. Uh, Is being allowed to use the bathroom not a basic right for everyone, including teenagers? I feel terrible saying no to the girls. But I have to say no because management would have a word with teachers if you're caught leaving them go. The bathroom, only at lunchtime has led to long queues and students actually missing lunch as you now have hundreds of girls going to the bathroom all at the same time at lunchtime. Me and my colleagues have voiced our concern and we were ignored, which, being honest, is usually the case with our principal anyway. Is this rule common in other schools? Am I making a fuss over nothing? Uh, Perhaps you could attempt to find out. We got in touch with um, uh, the school that you're talking about uh, and they told us that... um, that the deputy principal sent an email to staff advising them to monitor the students who were using the toilets because there was graffiti found in the lavatory over a number of days. Uh, but they do allow a list of students who had medical certs um, to have unrestricted access to the facilities. Um, they said to us, at no point were students prevented from using the toilet facilities during or after class times. Uh, so that flies in the face, that kind of... Um, doesn't necessarily agree with what you're saying, where you've been told by the principal to not allow them to use the toilets unless it's at lunchtime or after school. And to me, that's nothing short of cruel. It really and truly is absolutely cruel, uh, because that means you could be waiting to go to the loo for hours. Um, And following up on that then, I also got an email on the same subject. I was furious when my 15-year-old daughter texted me this morning telling me that she's crippled with menstrual cramps and informed me that they're not allowed to use the toilets at school more than once a day. When they do, it's recorded literally in their school journals. They're given five minutes. My daughter told me that the queue could be 15 people long. I then came across the article relating to the exact same thing, um, and the teacher that contacted you, you must have seen it when we posted it on social. I have two sisters who are teachers, and I asked them about the rules in the school. It doesn't apply in both of the schools that they teach in, seems like certain schools are applying it. Um, and this is for students, I may stress. Teachers can use the toilets any time they wish. I understand that graffiti is unacceptable and students, teens being teens, can be using toilet breaks as a DOS. We all did. But this is a step too far. I can't get my head around it, particularly how it's okay for a teacher if they need to use the toilet while the students are totally controlled. Uh, and again, the point here is that her daughter is crippled with menstrual cramps. And can't get to a toilet more than once a day. Wonder how commonplace that is. Text 0868104106. That's cruel. It's all wrong and it should not be imposed. Anyway, back to the phone lines we go. Anita, good morning.
13: Hi Neil, good morning, how are
1: Um, you? I'm well actually, I was very disturbed this morning, you're probably not aware of this, but I saw a tweet going up about a missing dog, Um, I don't know whether you follow those kind of tweets online. I do. Yeah, Yeah. I'm just going to drag one up here because it came into me this morning and I think it's from the south side Um, and it's a tweet that said, um, here it is here, if anyone in Cork has any information about this dog, it belongs to my cousin, please pass it on and here's the tweet. Our dog went missing on Friday at 8 p.m. from Clarkswood, Mount Oval Village in Rochester. He was picked up in a white Mazda. Check this out. By a woman and a man with a child in the back seat. They were stopped they were stopped by a neighbor and they claimed to the neighbor to own him. And they drove off with him. It's a 10 year old chihuahua. I mean, isn't that incredible? I'd be devastated. But 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 the point being here is they have a child in the back. What what are they teaching the child like?
13: Exactly. Yeah. But then, how old was the child?
1: I've no idea how old the child. The child was sitting in the back seat. They don't say the child was sitting in a baby seat. They were. sitting, yeah. sitting. So yeah. Like, what are they teaching their kid like? Yeah.
13: Lead by example, as they say.
1: Good God. Anyway, I just well, wondered right. whether you saw that. So so anyway, no, pick I up on you. do do no, I, I don't either. But I, I get sent them, and I'm sent. My God, okay, talking about okay. children and teaching a child to rob yes. when the parents are the robbers.
13: Oh well, that that I I would have heard of that before, be it in supermarkets or in town. Yeah, okay. children would be used. Okay. What's your dog's name? My dog is called Riley.
1: Okay, he well, he, well, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't make the top five dogs' names. Unfortunately, are Luna, well, Bailey, Bella, Cooper, and Teddy.
13: Well, i tell you now, right, he's 12-year-old B. John. He's the light of my life, and his name, he was called Riley. There was great contemplation went into his name because, to me, he's the last of the Mohicans.
1: What does that mean? I mean, what's Riley got to if do with that? If
13: anything happens to him, my heart and soul is in him, and I know I'm going to be broken-hearted. So I will never again get another dog when Riley dies. So I, I decided to call him Riley because... He has the life of race. Oh,
1: okay, I see. But you nearly lost him to sweets, is it?
13: I did. Um, Christmas 2019, um, the roses, the celebrations, the heroes, all the, the different, the four different uh, tins of sweets. Um, we don't like the coconut ones. Um I can't
1: understand that. That's
13: beyond me. <laughs> strawberry ones oh, I understand or that orange yeah, I'd, leave,
1: I'd leave those behind but not the bounty yeah. sweets oh,
13: no. so anyway I, they'd always be left so as soon as one box is emptied all these were go into one box and when my husband was going back to work after the Christmas, I said to him, I put him into a Ziploc bag and I said to him, take them into work and put them up on the table for the lads for work. And he said, oh, yeah, yeah, I will. And I left him on the arm of the chair so he'd pick him up on the way out, but he forgot them. And I went off to work myself. I came back from work. I only work a short shift in the morning. Came back anyway, like two and a half hours later. And... I opened the front room door and there on the floor was about 25, 30 wrappers
1: off the... (laughs) Smart dog, Riley, can get the wrappers off the sweets.
13: Oh, yeah, he can open the wrappers, yeah.
1: And I bet you didn't take a tap out of him, I'd say.
13: Not a bother. Not a bother. No
1: toxic shock, uh, no heart attacks or nothing. Oh, no,
13: no, 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 no. It's more serious than that now.
1: Oh, oh, you joking. Oh, really?
13: I had already had a previous incident where he had got two bars of dairy milk chocolate out of my handbag and when I came in that morning um, my handbag was on the floor my um, purse was out next to it Um, a letter that I had in there and a packet of tissues they were all placed around the handbag and when I kind of came in first I thought the house had been burgled and next I looked up on the couch and there was the two wrappers off two bars of chocolate. We had been I had been at the opera house the night before with my daughter and um we didn't eat the bars of chocolate and they were still in my bag. He had opened the zip on my handbag, taken out Nah,
1: of girl, you left the zip open, surely oh, do I no, can't open a I, handbag.
13: Nah, no, I'm telling you now. He opened the zip. He took out the two bars of chocolate, and he the two wrappers were left up on my couch, and he ate the two bars of chocolate. And I had he's
1: what a chihuahua stomach. is this? That what you said?
13: No, he's a bichon.
1: He's a bichon. I'm oh, sorry, yeah. the chihuahua was one that was robbed. Yeah. yeah. So what? I mean, what physical I health ended effects up did have to having
13: her? to phone the vet? Um, and she said, "Oh, look." It, it, the chocolate is toxic to dogs. It's very toxic for dogs. It, they can die from it. And I had to bring him down immediately and have his stomach pumped.
1: On both occasions, the two chocolate yeah. bars and the bag of sweets?
13: The second time it happened, no, they were very close. Uh, there was only maybe three months between the two episodes. And the second time it happened, I needn't I tell you what I called him. <laughs> I said, I can't believe you're going to cost me that again yet yeah, <laughs> 60 euros down to the vet to get his stomach pumped <laughs> each time what
1: happens like does he go into shock Do he get the shakes or what
13: Um they it actually the, the side effects they it can, it can it's totally toxic they can actually die yeah but what uh, did you see of chocolate what And did,
1: how, how was he presenting that? they
13: presenting like? vomit, they actually vomit um like black blood
1: no no that's chocolate
13: no, honestly, it's, it's not. It's they, they, their, their, in their stomachs come up. It's, it's, it's like the consistency. Uh, it's not chocolate.
9: Um, I mean, I
1: still. I mean, I hear what you're saying, but I remain to be convinced on the basis that any dog that I ever had has consumed vast quantities of chocolate and has never done a tap. It's never taken now, a tap out.
13: Of. I still give Riley a bit of chocolate. but <laughs> I wouldn't give him any more than a bit. I give him a bit just to say here you go now that's the joke you can't have anymore alright okay <laughs> but on the two occasions I was too afraid to take the chance for him
1: and does he have a preference is it the Malteser or is he a oh, fan no. of the bounty
13: Riley, Riley there's not even a five second rule in my house with Riley Riley will eat anything <laughs>
1: He's not choosy about what's in the celebration box then. All right. Okay. Cheers, Anita. Thanks for that. Take care yourself. Keep them up higher, although I think Riley will find them anyway.
8: The Neil Prendival Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday, 1850 104 106.
1: Okay, back to the phone lines on that topic of uh, access to toilets. Graham, good morning. Morning, Neil. How are you getting I'm on? good. Now, you are a teacher yourself. Now, the original uh, email that came in said, I am a teacher in an all-girls secondary school. In fact, the school is, and I can tell you the school, is uh, St. Al's in Carrick Tool. I'm a teacher yep. in an all-girls school. This week, the teachers, the teacher is telling me this. The teachers have been directed to not allow students to go to the bathrooms during class time unless they have a medical cert." They're expected to go at lunchtime or after school. Now, that's leading to all sorts of problems, of course, in the class for the girls and then queues at lunchtime. And then there was another one that said, uh, my 15-year-old daughter texted me this morning, she's crippled with menstrual cramps and informed me that they're not allowed to use the toilets at school more than once a day. Now, we did contact, and I'm not saying both of those are St. Al's and Carrie Tool, but certainly the the, the teacher is in St. Al's. But the principal told us um, that there was an email sent to staff to monitor the students using the toilets. A list of students who had medical certs was also sent to teaching staff, advising them that they had unrestricted access to facilities. But then... And this is what confuses me. The principal then said, at no point were students prevented from using the toilet facilities during or after class time. So if that was the case, why did they need medical certs to give unrestricted access to some students if all students were allowed to use the toilets at any time? It makes no sense. Well, either the teacher or the principal are lying. Well, I wouldn't want to be calling anybody liars here, but there seems to be miscommunication going on somewhere. What is Uh, the rule? If there's a list of students who have medical certs with unrestricted access... Yeah. Why then are they saying that students are not prevented from using the toilet facilities during class?
5: I would find it very, very surprising if a teacher was just making it up. Or that that seems a very difficult thing for them to misunderstand that they actually are allowed allow students out. As per what the prin- uh, principal told the you teacher said, that. they're not it's allowed a, to
1: allow students out. to go to the bathrooms during class time unless they have a medical cert. Principal is saying that's not true. Well, well, uh, well I'll revert back is, to the well, first
5: thing I said to you. Somebody's wrong. So which one? Um, I would be very surprised if a teacher completely misconstrued that because a first reaction of a teacher isn't to email a radio show. So this is more than just one teacher. This is a, guaranteed. This is a discussion that has been had among staff. So they are all either all mistakenly under this impression, or what the principal is saying isn't true. But there's some miscommunication in there somewhere. And um, if it is the rule, then if I was a teacher, I'd ignore it. Well, what would
1: happen if you did ignore it? Would there be grief with your principal? There might be. Because it, soo- it, see- it sounds very I'm cruel to me. It
5: does. Like I said, are there situations where you're inside in the class and if someone is repeatedly over and over and over again going to the bathroom and they're just tossing off? You know? I'm not even criticising too harsh. We've all been kids. We've all done that kind of stuff. If someone's taking the mick, are there occasions where I would refuse? Yes. But as g- generally, am I going to refuse? Or like, over the course of a 40-minute period, am I going to let 20 different people go to the bathroom? I'm not.
1: Does that happen, um, though? Are they up and down that, and that, in and, and out? I just, all... No, I was just exaggerating there. Now,
5: that wouldn't happen that wouldn't happen. Um, There might be a couple of people over the course of a 40 minute period and if it becomes an issue, sorry, it's my class, I'm inside there and I will decide if it's an issue and then I'll explain to the students and then may I decide, look, I'm not going to let, you know, would I let, unless there was something very strange going on, would I let seven, eight, nine people out during the same 40-minute period? No, I wouldn't.
1: I'd hate to but be the one making I've that call on behalf that. of people's bowel movements, but um, yeah. like, I've, wh- never encu- but I've never encountered that. So, and I would be very, very
5: shocked if the teacher, like I said, contacting yourself isn't going to be their first port re- uh, of call. So it, they've discussed this with other staff, so it isn't just one teacher. What if it was a case
1: dick. where students in secondary school were told... You can only use the loo's between classes.
5: No. No, because you've got to go straight to cl- uh, class. And between takes again, different schools have different rules. I can see how you can enforce. You can only go at lunch, or if you have a medical. Officer. But you couldn't go at lunch uh, if, you're, say, if you, you want to use the loo at half
1: nine in the morning. You waiting until one o'clock.
5: Exactly, and you, you, you're at the and you only. Enli- End up with people having big long queues, people not having their lunches, crowd, crowds around bathrooms. Given what we're going through now, crowds is something we're meant to be avoiding. Um, yeah, look, if, it, if it's a policy, it's wrong. If I was in the school, like, see, again, that's different schools operate different ways, but I know in my own uh, context, um, we sit down and discuss these things as a, as a staff and decide these things as a staff. We don't get blanket directives from our, from our management, that's not how they work
1: Well there isn't, you know, there we isn't any, any kind of directive from HSE or from NEFIT or anybody about this carry on Another one, okay. I see other text coming in It there somebody else uh, suggesting that um, uh, this is not the only school that this is happening in, it is also going on in another school, I've been in touch with the principal of the school, he's just denied that this is the case our children are not third class citizens, what the hell are these schools trying to do to our children, don't they have enough to contend with the Covid times we're in. Another one again Again, it's actually disgusting. My teenagers in the same position in school. Absolutely no bathroom breaks during class. Come on, it's a joke and completely unfair, especially for girls. No way would I be sitting for three hours during my time of the month without visiting Absolutely. the bathroom a few times. Um, and she says, why expect, why expect to be this to be any different? It's probably a man's idea. Well
5: I'm a man <laughs> And you don't think it's right with. Yeah. Very very clear yeah.
1: Yeah.
5: Um, Look inside this, it's clear. If, a, if a parent let's say if I'm a parent now like my kids are quite young so this isn't an issue but when they're older would I, would I be going to the school and going to the principal and going to the board of management if necessary, absolutely I will. Okay, well, let me, f- my, let me find
1: know. out how much of a problem it is from other people. They can text 0868-104-106. Thanks, Graham. Appreciate you taking the no call. Worries. Take you care. Better, better. Uh, meanwhile, while all that's happening, of course, we've got some great comps this week. And before I run out of time, let me just respond. or get back to them for a moment. Now, we also have Know Your Northside, an association with Groner Brauer Credit Union. We've got five grand to give away over a fortnight um, and one person will win 3,000 euro cash of that courtesy of ourselves And Groner brought her credit union. But today I have another 200 euro to give away. And I'll do that just before midday today. We'll see how well you know your north side. But the two vouchers for Douglas Village Shopping Centre, they're worth 200 euro each. They're gift cards. You can spend them in Douglas Village Shopping Centre this side of Christmas time. So they'll be 50 years open tomorrow, November 18th, 1971. So we're dealing with the 1970s every day this week a different year from that decade. You need to identify the year I'm talking about this morning. Okay, so here's a song, and then there's a film, and then there's a big event from that year. You need to name all of those three, the song, the film, the event, and on top of all of that, you need to identify the year from the 1970s we're talking about. Here's the audio clues. Uh, what are we saying to each other? <laughs> Seems they're trying to teach us a basic tonal vocabulary. <laughs> it's the first day of
9: school,
0: fellas. His road manager tried to revive him. He failed. His doctor pronounced in bed at 3 o'clock this afternoon.
1: Okay, two callers. Callers 10 and 11, 1 104 106. We want the song, the film, the event, and the year from the 1970s. Get dialing on that one. Meanwhile, Amanda, good morning.
15: Hi, good morning.
1: Uh, do you know anything about these toilet rules? I, I, I'm assuming it's secondary school.
15: It's secondary school, yeah. Um, as far as I know, they don't really let you go unless you really have to go. And you're, I think there's someone standing outside the door and you've got literally five minutes. But then there could be a queue of people, so... You can't
1: and is that you is really that go. at any time or is it only at lunchtime? Any time,
15: Um. yeah, any time. But I think you can only go once a day. It's, some, it's gone very, very strict. So lately he's using his lunch break to go to the local leisure centre to go to the toilet up there, which means then he's losing his lunch because he gets a roll. But he can't So were he to
1: try and go to the loo at school, that wouldn't be possible because of a queue, is it?
15: Yeah, because of the queue and the strictness. And At the moment, I think there's only, they're reduced to two toilets because there is was, there was something wrong with the other toilets. So there's only one toilet for male, one toilet for female.
1: And there's 500 of them. There's
15: a book of about 500 in the school, yeah.
1: And do you mind me asking what that school, where that is? It's in Cove. Okay. So, between 500 students, half boys, half yeah. girls, they have one toilet each?
15: Well, oh, yesterday they did, yeah, because I think there was something
1: wrong with the other toilets. And do you have to have a note or something?
15: Um, I don't know. Does the teacher have to give you a note? Well, he's never asked me for a note because he's in sixth year, but... um. I'm not sure, but all I know is that the, the last couple of days he's actually been going to the leisure centre to actually use the toilet, which means he's losing his lunch break, because I think they only have like 40 minutes.
1: And can you, and can you only go to the loo once in the school day?
15: I think so. I'm not 100% sure. I've never really asked him about that. All, all I know is that he's come home and he's just said, Mum, I've had no lunch again today. I would say, well, why is it? Because I had to go to the leisure centre to use the toilet.
1: And have they said in the school why they've imposed this, notwithstanding that they have two broken toilets?
15: I actually think it's something to do with the, the students are destroying it. They're making it dirty. They're they're just not looking after it. So I think I think that's an, uh, that could be a reason.
1: Carrick Tool that seems to have a problem with graffiti, but is it fair to penalise every single student for something like that?
15: I'm not sure. I think that's why they've gone maybe so strict because they're probably obviously putting so much money between leakages and okay. breaking, and then people the kids then are just destroying the toilets. They just they don't care like.
1: So the school is saying if you abuse it, you can't use it?
15: More or less is probably what they're doing, yeah. Okay,
1: all right. Okay, thanks, Amanda. Back after the break, text 0868-104-106.
0: Call the Neil Prenderville Show now, 1850-104-106. Red FM. Okay, you talk about uh, issues in schools, and you have all these different things happening
1: with uh, COVID tests and uh, trying to get that done. My brother got a phone call from his job on Friday Stated five of his colleagues had tested positive for COVID. He was a close contact. He was to ring for an appointment. When he rang for a test, he was informed that the nearest test he could get was Sunday the 14th down in Dunmanway. There wasn't a test available anywhere else. Cork City was fully booked. He travelled from Carrick to Dunmanway for a COVID test. We're not getting the full facts on COVID from this government. COVID is rampant at the moment and the figures are being manipulated. When was the last time you heard the daily, weekly or monthly death rate? Actually, just answer that question, you can get that on the COVID app. Big business is one out here. If you or I get COVID, it's tough and you're on your own. Uh, I think your attitude has also changed regarding the disease. And I sincerely hope that this horrible virus never pays you or anyone belong to you a visit, because believe me, it's not very pleasant experience. So, as you said yourself, Christmas is coming, but people are dying and really, really sick with COVID, despite the promises that we're all vaccinated, that we'd be safe, and if we were to get it, hospitalization wouldn't happen for us, uh, says Anthony. Well, you're, you're dead right to criticize me if you feel that's, um, if that's needed and warranted. Hilda says, I've been trying to get a COVID test from my eight-year-old son since... Uh, Yesterday morning, doctor rang him yesterday, was told to book online. Secretary of the doctor's surgery checked online and said to me 12.15. At 12.15 in the day, that there was no bookings available anywhere in Cork. Don Manway was my option, which wasn't an option, as my children are in primary and secondary school. I was told go online at 8 this morning, and I did. Guess what? No appointments in Cork on Manway again. I can't believe that all Cork centres were full at 8 o'clock in the morning and that's just an edited version of yet another email and so on and on it goes we'll pick that up in the morning but right now it's time to have some fun with uh, our two vouchers both of them are worth 200 euro in cash, you can spend them in Douglas Village Shopping Centre but you've got to win them first and Michelle is in Lapsky, good morning good morning. How are you? Uh, I'm very well thank you and on line 4, Geraldine is in Kinsale so good morning to you Good morning. Okay, so now both of you have heard the audio. Here's how it works. I'm going to play them all, and Michelle first, the first clue. Geraldine second for the second. Michelle third for the third, and then finally the year from Geraldine. Do you understand? Yeah. Okay. Sure. If one of you mess up, you've been messing it up for the two of you. So don't do that. And it'll, uh, it will. If you get them all right, a two hundred euro gift card for each of you for Douglas Village Shopping Centre. Are you ready?
9: Yes.
1: Ready. Okay. So what you're going to hear first is the movie, then the song, then the event, and then I want the year. So we're going to start with you, Michelle. Here we go. Now, what are we
9: saying to each other?
1: Seems they're trying to teach us a basic tonal vocabulary. Movie. The first day of school. First
10: counters of the third kind.
1: Song, Jolene. No Judge Light in the pit. Baby, don't change right. your mind. Be fair. The, the event, Michelle. And the time. Elvis Presley. And finally, Jolene, in the year. 1977 well done well done to each and every one of you how many do either of you remember that year the death of Presley in 77
8: I (laughs) do because I I I left school
1: (laughs) were you heartbroken hearing that he had died
8: I was devastated I was was My sister was walking in a local pub down the road and I was going to (laughs) cry
1: were you the same Michelle (laughs)
15: no gosh no i was
1: way younger way too young you don't remember the song no
15: i i i I, song i do you know but that's probably just hearing it over the years all
1: right okay and the movie of course close encounters of a third time we all third time we all know that so well done we got 200 euro for each of you you can spend them in douglas village shopping center i hope it puts a bit of a dent in christmas for you all right Congratulations and well done to both Michelle in, uh, on Lapsky and Geraldine in Kinsale 200 euro vouchers each and we'll do it again tomorrow and indeed we'll do it again on uh, Friday but before I love you and leave you for the day that's in it I did mention uh, just a few minutes ago that we have another prize from Grona um Credit Union to give away every single day this week and these are based on clues uh, regarding the north side now on breakfast this morning the clue was the grass is definitely greener As you look to the south side, I can add to that now. Here's your second cryptic clue. Getting here might leave you breathless. Getting here might leave you breathless. All right. So you got the grass is greener. And you got getting here might leave you breathless. And we are talking about the north side. It could be anywhere on the north side. Groner Credit Union have given five grand. Somebody to next week is going to win €3,000, but every day at the moment, it's €200 euro each. So you know what the deal is? one 850 106 Pick up the phone. You have the clues. You need to tell me where we're talking about exactly where we're talking about. On the north side. Okay, so get on uh, the phone, 1-850-104-106, courtesy of ourselves in Grosneborough Credit Union. There's 200 euro cash in it. Lines will stay open at one 850 106 You can text 86 We'll pick it up in the morning. Have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow.
3: Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.